I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. Now is not the time to grow prosquitoes. Because even, we don't know. We know that if he stings he stays stung. Even a hug could be enough to stay stung. <laughs> this, this literally lasted no time. It lasted zero minutes. Like We did not, yeah, we didn't get even one second in. We got, we have the, I mean, we get like the five seconds of him in the BDSM chamber. Thank you, Jess. And we get our... Can you believe this? Only this is only our third brother hug in the entire series. All of the dialogue in mine is just what am I supposed to go dark side or something? Sam definitely hates Sam. These guys are wizards. Once I rose above the noise and confusion. Dean, please. <laughs> Sam, please, Sam, Sam please. please. Sam, <laughs> what are you please. This is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we talk about the TV show Supernatural. And we are here, Chris. We're here. We made it through all of season four. We made I am it. So excited. So excited to talk about this episode. We dedicated, we're going to dedicate a whole podcast episode to one episode of television. That seems a little ridiculous. I've literally never done that in my podcasting experience. I don't it's, know if you have. It's a wild move, and I'm. I am thankful that we didn't decide to do it this way from the beginning, because we'd still be on season two right now. <laughs> we would be on season two, yes, absolutely. And we would be completely bored of talking about Supernatural by now. Like, this kind of zoomed-in approach, I think, is going to work really well for season four and five. And I think right around season, like, seven or eight, we're going to have to zoom back out again, yeah, right? Like, we're sure. going to have to, like... <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna be covering six episodes of the t- show per podcast. Be like, okay, and in this episode, nothing happens. Hitler shows up. I don't know some stuff. Yeah, some stuff. That's the thing. But this, we're still we're in the gold uh, the golden days, um, the glory mm-hmm. days, maybe, mm-hmm. um, the good old days. Even I don't know. I'm a little bit loopy, Jeremy, because as the audience might not know, we've been recording for quite some time. The audience will not know that until later, uh, because our they're gonna we're gonna finish talking about this episode, and there's gonna be nine hours of outtakes. Yeah, they're gonna be like, "That's super podcast. weird." Did you cover all of season five in this one? Yeah, yeah, we we definitely did that. So, um, let let's let's do some admin real quick. Yeah, let's get out of the. You way. ready? I want to say uh, at, at the end of season four, I want I want to say some thank yous real quick. Uh, I want to say thank you to the listeners mm-hmm. because. If they weren't listening to the show, I would still be making it, but it would be really weird. <laughs> like, it would be kind of miserable just to make the show down. Yeah, if there were no listeners, listeners we might just be DMing about this. Yeah, we might literally just be, like, on a on a Skype call as we watch Supernatural <laughs> together. Like, synchronizing, like, okay, three, two, one, play! And then trying to watch it at the same time. Um, 
Also, want to say thank you to uh, Richard, aka at Revitar mm-hmm. on Twitter, host of the We're Not Wizards podcast, for providing his dulcet. And I don't use that word lightly. No, it's a heavy I, word for me. I know Jeremy, and I know that he does not use that word lightly. Dulcet tones <laughs> to the intro for this podcast. It's been extremely good. I um, am very hopeful that he's got something kind of sketched out for season five that we can keep doing. But yes. if he doesn't, that's okay because this has been so great. And finally, and I say finally because this is me. I don't know if you need to thank anybody. Um, I, w- I want to say thank you to our friend Jake Lionheart for mm-hmm. making a bunch of fucking supernatural beats that I'm just going to try to find excuses to use in a podcast because yes. they're so good. <laughs> they're really great. Uh, go go check that out. at I think it's at Jake underscore Lionheart on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you can find all of the links to that there. They are super good beats. There is one that's just called uh, John Winchester. Which is literally just John Winchester talking over a sad piano, and it's great. It's really great. Like, I love it so much. So I just wanted to say those before we get too far into a podcast. Yes. So, I don't. I don't know if, if you have anything to say. I think we should. Do, um, now, now is the time. We should thank friends of the show, Jess and Autumn, for allowing us to do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Because I think mm-hmm. that if our significant others didn't want to watch Supernatural with us, it would be a little bit more difficult. <laughs> It would be a little bit more difficult, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> definitely wouldn't be as much fun, yes. right? Like, I don't know about you, but um, I have a really great time watching Supernatural. And Autumn being there, as just Autumn is in everyday life, like, anything that I do with Autumn is automatically more fun because it's with Autumn. So, I'm sure you feel the same way about Jess. Yes. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you have definitely told me that before in DMs and several texts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. Stuff up. Out with Jess. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, Talk I'm to you later. To say, <laughs> I'm with my girlfriend and I'm having a great time. <laughs> it's definitely a text that I am not sending you right now so we can get a screenshot later. And put yeah. I don't know what <laughs> um, is happening to us. Season 4 has made us soft, everybody, but I'm, we're just feeling the love today. We are actually kind of feeling some love, but let's not... Let's let's not feel too much love. Let's let's yeah, get into this episode because Sam Winchester is about want. to do some horrible, monstrous things, and let's unpack it. We need to talk about Sam. That should have been it's, the name of this episode, not Lucifer Rising. Should should have been in the name of the podcast. Be frank. <laughs> we need to talk about Sam. <laughs> we need to talk about Sam. So if Monster of the um, Week was taken, it would have been Hunks and Henchmen. If Hunks and Henchmen was taken, it was it would have been. We need to talk about Sam. We need to talk about Sam. Um, why don't? You, you mentioned front of the show, Jess. Can you can you hit me up with the previously on that Jess wrote up for us? Sure thing. Last time on Monster of the Week, we found out how Castiel came to possess the body of famed kid genius Jimmy Neutron. Then Sam gets put in demon blood detox and has some cra- crazy Hamlet style inner monologues. And to top it all off, your boy Dean Winchester has somehow made another deal this time with angels for the sake of his angsty kid brother. And uh. Just want to just want to clarify, angsty kid brother. Which one are we talking about? The one that looks like a, a tree trunk, the big tall one. Can you? There's there's two. Um, so I'm still kind of confused. Sloppy hair. Hmm. Psychic powers. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Okay, okay. You mean? Oh, you mean Demon Blizzy brother? Ah, uh, yes, of course, <laughs> Demon Blizzy. You still trying we, to make that happen? We, we have got zero feedback for Demon Blizzy, and I just want to say I'm really disappointed <laughs> with everybody a, for not even saying that it sucks. No. Like you could just tell me that it sucks, and I'll be I'll be okay. Not a peep. I'll cry about, about it. Demon Blizzy. Not a de- not a goddamn peep about the Blizzy. Just like most people, I think hear it and they do one of those very kind of heavy blinks. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like your eyes are just closed for for a millisecond too long. It's just a kind of a, a the white guy blinking meme is what you're what you're going. I guess for, so. Right? Yeah, Game. I guess that is uh, what I'm going for. 
What is that dude from uh, uh, Giant Bomb? What's that dude's name? Drew. Yeah. Doctor Video Game, I'm sure. Doctor Drew Scanlon is is the White Goblin King dude. Yeah. yeah. I I wouldn't, I would never have known that. Thank you for, thank you for enlightening me. But I'm not here to talk about Drew, Drew Gamer underscore. I'm here to talk about Mm -hmm. Drew Gamer underscore. The Winchesters. (laughs) The most professional URL that I've ever been. Yes. Let's talk about Lucifer Rising, written by Eric Kripke, directed Eric Kripke. What? Air date was April 14th, 2009. Chris was seven years old. That's The fourth season concludes with Sam and Dean preparing to fight Lucifer in the apocalypse. Elsewhere, Sam and Ruby attempt to kill Lilith. That's literally it. That's that's, That's, we got two sentences on the fucking finale, man. (laughs) Elsewhere, right? Oh yes. (laughs) Like they tell you in the very like the opening shot of the show is like it's 1972 at like this place in I don't know some some like nunnery somewhere, Mm -hmm. and it's I think why why elsewhere? That seems like a weird thing, but who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah, great segue because we get to start off by seeing none other than the yellow eyed demon again. It's your boy. I really like this opening scene. There's a few pop culture references, like just they're, but they're light. They're very, they're very soft. So I'm able to get fully down with the demon dialogue here. Um, but no, we start off with a, a priest in a convent or a little church, and he's he's just hanging out being a priest, and mm-hmm. suddenly he gets possessed by a demon, and uh, as he's screaming with the black smoke going into his mouth. The camera kind of zooms in on his face and on his eyes, and then it's like a quick snap to, I guess, the next day or something like that. Now it's daytime, and the, the camera's still right on his eyes, and now we know this man is possessed by a demon, and he starts to give this kind of satanic sermon. And I think that's probably pretty accurate for once, is that he's actually talking about Satan, about Lucifer, like about freeing Lucifer from, from his cage in hell. He says he feels quite literally lost in the desert as he's trying to find his father. Um, the, the father imagery here is, is really strange to me. Like, I, mm-hmm. And I don't think the series carries it forward. Like, I think after, after this, most of the time we, we hear Lucifer referred to as master as opposed to father. Yeah. I'm, I, I might be wrong on that, but it just seems, it seems a little weird uh, to me here. However, this is so fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. the actor who plays this dude, um, Rob LaBelle is so great and he's a really really great yellow eyes like you can tell that they showed him the yellow eye videos and like we're like he yeah. had to be like this dude and he did like we, we talk about that a lot of these actors stepping up to this role and like assuming these traits mm-hmm. um we, we talked about how great jeffrey dean morgan was at doing this yeah. and um azazel himself whose actor name i've already forgotten this dude does a really good job of it as well yeah it's uh they do a good job of really unsettling in this scene um even with the kind of zaniness that comes with with yellow eyes because he has this kind of dramatic way of talking and like he's like some he's like borderline schmoozy just being like well oh, come over here and he do the thing like, he's not like that but it's there's this kind of way about him that's you would think wouldn't be creepy but they they play it in this kind of manic sort of way that i i really like this scene and i and i think that for once demons demons get to be creepy again i think they get to be creepy a lot in this episode actually yeah, d- demons are definitely creepy, and he he projects a sense of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he lo- he kind of casually strolls over, locks the door, locking all of these nuns inside, and um, walks back to the altar the entire time, like talking about basically Satan, and then grabbing his knife, and then we 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 don't see anything, which I think is always a, a good effective technique, right? Like mm-hmm. that's 
you know, not not seeing how like goofy this probably is as he's chasing nuns down around this room like in a circle, yeah. <laughs> trying to kill them. <laughs> like, there's definitely like some. Yeah, like there, there's definitely like some some Scooby Doo legs happening in this episode that we just don't see. Uh, so, but yeah, he he butchers all of these nuns, and uh, it's 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 kind of unsettling. Like yeah. it's it's kind of creepy and bad. I um I do want to say by the way um for for the listeners out there uh, I have a house guest it's our it's our good internet friend Brian Wade and the first thing that I did uh, when Brian Wade got to my house is said I have to watch Supernatural and so do you <laughs> so in case you're wondering if you want to come by Shea Greer like that's what happens like you come in I'm like oh hey nice to meet you do you need a drink sit down come these are my dogs this is Avon this is maybe they'll jump on you just ignore them okay time to watch the season finale of season four <laughs> <laughs> supernatural um <clears throat> and it just so happened that we were covering that episode too because usually you just have it, it just on. so happened yeah it really works um <laughs> so we, brian asked me like hey what do i need to know and i just showed him like the the intro right like the carry on my wayward son mm-hmm. thing which we, we kind of probably need to talk about a little bit um however during this scene, we get that that black smoke going into the priest's mouth, mm-hmm. and I leaned over to Brian and I said, "That's the demon." <laughs> in case he wasn't, wasn't aware that that's how demons, because yeah. it's not really covered, right? Like, who knows? He may have assumed that it was something else. So I just wanted to make sure that he understood that that was the actual demon. Yes. Um, now, yeah, the the road so far was kind of a lot of uh, I think what we're used to, but it did focus a lot more on like the divide, the diverging paths of Sam and Dean. Um, and it also reminded me of how friggin' awesome episode one of season four was, uh, with Dean getting pulled out and not knowing what Sam was up to. Like, everything back then was just, was just so good. I mean, it's still good now, but it was just, episode one especially was just a fantastic episode of setting up so much, bringing in Castiel. And they remind us of all that, and then you look at, like, the last episode, or the one before this, where Sam and Dean literally like are punching each other through walls, and then Sam walks away from Dean and, le- and abandons him. And I think that in our in our feedback episode, we're going to get into some serious thoughts about our season four overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I was also reminded of how great just this season is, and how far these boys have come in a just in a in, a, in just a, in a dramatic fashion, right? Yeah. Like how much this universe was expanded, how much this entire world was kind of blown out and filled in like all this angel talk, uh, all this stuff with Sam and the demon blood and Ruby and Lilith and the seals, like all of this was in season four, basically. And to have all of this occur and to still feel like we're at a, like a coherent ending to this season Mm -hmm. is a kind of a miracle to me. (laughs) Like, I feel like, like I watch a lot of garbage TV, right? Like that's kind of my, like my, my turn off, right? Like I, I turn my brain off and I'll put on yeah. like iZombie or Arrow or Flash or whatever. Not a lot of shows really stick these season finales anymore. They just kind of feel like they set up a lot of stuff, but they're kind of afraid to like actually punch it in at the end. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of want to save stuff. And we're, we're, we're going to end on a cliffhanger in this episode, but it really feels like this is a culmination, yeah. right? Like, and this doesn't necessarily feel like a cliffhanger as much as it feels right. like a, like a, like a, this is just, we're just got to stop for a little while. Like we're going to take a little break and we'll be back next week. The cliffhanger <laughs> is like something, it's a cliffhanger on something new and it's something that it's not like it's a total surprise because it's been talked about, but that's not what this season has really been about. It's been about the breaking of the seals and all that, but not the thing that happens at the end of the episode that we'll get to. Um, so when it, it's not necessarily a like, oh, you're going to have to tune in next year to find out to everything that you've watched this season. Um, it, it's something new. And 
I think that's why it pays off so well because you do get results for everything you've sat through, and then you get something new to look forward to 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 make you want to tune in, and that's that's some good TV right there. That is some excellent TV. Um, so after the scene with the priest and he butchers the nuns off camera, we go back to Sam and Ruby, and, and it's a slow fade into Sam's face. Um, and I bring this up because it, it's done again. Um, it's just an out of focus Sam, like super close up on his face. The, the camera's completely framing him, and mm-hmm. everything's out of focus. And then it slowly just pulls into focus on Sam's face, and he's just standing there, brooding, I guess. Um, and then it kind of flashes back to like you know the full view shot of the the little building they're at in the car, and Sam and Ruby just standing there doing whatever they're doing. <laughs> And and what they're doing is Sam is literally just brooding, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what he's doing. Like he's just standing out there, like looking out into the sky and just like, "Woe is me." Yeah. And and Ruby is encouraging him. He's she's saying like, "Hey, are you are you into this? Yeah. Are you ready?" And he's it's, like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm fine." Sam is literally out of focus, like with the camera. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Ruby is the one who's trying to pull him back in, be saying like, "That's as we're gonna see." I this out of focus brooding sam is the one reflecting on you know the fight with dean and the present situation uh and i think this is a this is the first indicator that it's not just full dark side sam uh i think the last couple of episodes especially him act- acting out of desperation like misguided desperation he's doing bad stuff because he's desperate but now it's like he reached that breaking point the levy broke to quote the the name of the last episode mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. he's just I don't know what the verbal equivalent of the eyes emoji is, but I'm doing that. It's right definitely now. <laughs> like I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and Eric Kripke clearly now that I know that he was the director is just going for it with these um, these visual analogies to um, to the boys' feelings. Um, but yeah, Ruby is literally having to pull him back in to focus on what's going on. And so, and before we leave this for a minute, I think we we owe it to our listeners to talk about like the build up to this. You, you mentioned this fight that the brothers had. Um, it was at the end of the last episode, episode thirty three, monsterthewheat dot cool slash thirty three. You want to check that out? <laughs> um, at the end of the last episode, Dean gave Sam an ultimatum. They had this huge fist fight. It was the first time we've seen really seen Sam lay hands on Dean, um, which y- you mentioned during the episode when we recorded, and I think is an extraordinarily like. It's a it's an important thing that has happened. Yeah. Um, they they physically fight, not under the influence of of anything. I mean, maybe you could count demon blood as like being kind of drunk, but like it's it, Sam was mad. I think yeah. is what we can get at. And Dean lays him lays the same ultimatum that Daddy Winchester laid on Sam, which is if you walk out that door, never come back. Mm-hmm. And and so like Sam being out of focus and having to be dragged back into this quest to being pulled back in is because of this un- instability between his relationship with his brother. No matter what, we've never really seen the boys not together. Yeah. Um, in the, in the sense of like not being friends with one another, mm-hmm. not being brotherly. Uh, so like this feels like it's, everybody is kind of off kilter a bit. And, and I think significantly we don't see these brothers together in this episode until the very, very yeah. end. Like, we're, they're doing their own thing. Like, and that's what these cosmic and celestial beings have done to these two brothers is to split them apart. Like, that's what they were actively working for the entire season. And that's what we get here is demons have Sam, angels have Dean, 
nobody wants the two of them to be together. Yeah. And not like, that sounds like weird, right? Like, no, I'm not saying like, that, like to be together, but like to actually like work together on this project, which I, not project, but on this hunt to make things right between them. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really known the entire time how, quite how much they were being pulled apart. I think it was easier to see that Ruby was pulling Sam away, but mm-hmm. it's not really until this episode that we start to see the angels are pulling Dean away as well. Absolutely. And this, after this like weird scene with Ruby and Sam, where Ruby is like, come on, get your head, get your head. Yeah, and we got to go do this. Sam says, um, the team was right. He's starting to think Dean was right about what he said about him. Um, yeah. That basically, you know, I am a monster. And I think that Ruby says something about like, well, when we go and kill Lilith and all this is said and done, then you can go make up with your brother. Like you stop worrying about this, get your head in the game. And this is, Sam's going to start giving his, his first brooding sacrificial speeches saying like, I don't have an after. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got, I got he says, yeah, I, you're talking like I've got an after. Like something, he, this is it for him. He already thinks this is it. I can feel it inside me. I've changed for good. There's no going back now. I know what I've got to do. And I'm just saying, Dean's better off as far away from me as possible. I don't know what stage of grief Sam is in right here, but it feels in a way like it's denial or something. Like, I'm already too far gone. I can't be saved. I'm just going to go do this thing. Hopefully, me being bad will create something good, and Dean just needs to stay away from me, otherwise he's just going to get hurt. Because I'm a monster. He's right about me. And this dovetails extremely nicely into the next scene where we see Dean and Bobby kind of arguing. And it's the and same slow saying, fade into uh, exactly. Dean's yeah. face. Uh, of him. Cannot be un- overstated how great the direction mm-hmm. and the cinematography is in, these, in the, these last three episodes. This one specifically, but I don't know if we specifically called out in the last one. The last one was really great as well. It's Bobby and, and, and Dean arguing about this. Uh, Bobby saying, like, no matter what, you, you need to go find Sam. He's, he's, he's your... And Dean interrupts. He's like, he's my blood. Is that what you were going to say? Mm-hmm. Implying like this demon blood has, has made him so other to Dean that Dean doesn't even recognize him. Dean goes so far as to say, I don't even know if he's my brother anymore. Yeah. I don't know he's if he always ever was. To, I don't know if he ever was. He, you know, he's, he's always wanted out of this family and now he's finally there. Yeah. And Bobby has so many great lines here. Like he's your brother and he's drowning. Like you have to call him again. It doesn't matter that he punched you. Like, you have, you have to. You just have to. And that's the little exchange of, oh, what? Because we're blood? Sam doesn't want anything to do with this family. And it's, you know, Bobby... B- Bobby calls Dean on his bullshit right now. Well, boo-hoo, right? Like, I'm Dean's sorry so- your feelings Dean- are hurt, princess. <laughs> and it's so good. Like, you know, the, the weird diminutive princesses aside, like, the... The like, oh, are you think family's supposed to be good for you? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's supposed to be work. You you love these people and you protect them, and that's what you're supposed to do. And then he calls, he does something that the show has has not really done up to this point. You and I have talked about this on the podcast, but Bobby just straight up calls John Winchester a coward mm-hmm. and says he was he was too afraid to go after Sam. He was too afraid to reach out and do this thing. And you're a stronger man than your daddy ever was. Yeah, Jim like, Beaver. That's, a, that's kills an kills it here, killing it, Jim Beaver. Please, please do oh more God, stuff. Please. I, want, I want to see you in everything. Yeah. When he just, <laughs> I want to see you in so many things. Freaks out and just like throws everything off the table. And like, Dean is totally sideswiped by this. He is not expecting that at all. He's kind of just being no. like Sam. The typical Winchester move is to kind of pout about stuff. And he needed Bobby there to be like, no, Dean, that's not you. Sorry. And yeah, you sound like your dad. 
who was a coward who who just let Sam walk away because he didn't want to try and fix things. But you're better than that. You have to be better than that. And like you were saying, you know, it's it's work. It's none of this is easy. All of it sucks. But he's your brother mm-hmm. and Dean <laughs> newsflash, the only fucking thing you care about is family. So don't be don't let your feelings get in the way of that. And it's it's a and it's this is a hard call, right? Because mm-hmm. There is such a thing as toxic family. Yeah. Um, you, you can ha- you can be related to somebody and then cut off all contact with them if they are po- actively poisoned in your life. And to a certain extent, in the in the context of this show, I can see that why Dean would be done. Like what we what Dean saw his brother do. Like he's he's seen him be manipulated by this demon by Ruby. He's seen Dean cut open the throat of a a person that a demon was possessing and drink their blood mm-hmm. because he couldn't stop himself. He's, he's seen him like turn into this different person. So I, I don't necessarily blame Dean for like wanting to pull back, but I find it extremely fascinating that Bobby is like the glue, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's the person that wants to put these two people back together. That wants to keep this family together, this family that he's not even like a blood relative to. Right. And I think like, showing stories like that showing that toxic blood family can be can be bad but also like there's people in your life that you want to protect and that will help you that doesn't necessarily have to be your blood is is extremely important like i think that and bobby doesn't really play a big role like i think this is literally the last time we see bobby in this in this episode yeah. like <laughs> peace see you later we'll see you next see you in season five yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> like i think it's really really important and as we see in the next scene and and throughout the rest of the episode it it makes an impact on dean mm-hmm. like it gives dean like that that it gives him that thought process right like it te- it makes him think like okay he is actually my brother i sh- i should do something i should help him but before he gets to do anything like that suddenly he's just not at bobby's house anymore he gets zapped into angel town right during the middle of their melodramatic conversation and this is going to be a first of a, a lot of different cuts that they do where they kind of trick the viewer into into thinking something is something is something is there and then it's not and um so dean just turns around and just like we've seen a lot with the angels disappearing and things, he just turns around and all of a sudden he's in a completely different room. And Castiel shows up and is like, hey, you got to chill. Stay here. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I think he says something along the lines of, oh, it's almost time. Like, yep. something's about to pop off and they don't want Dean involved. Which is weird because up till now, they've been telling Dean, hey, you, you, you were the one that can stop the apocalypse. You started mm-hmm. it. You broke the first seal. Prophecy says that you're going to be the person to stop it, but we need you right here. And this promise that Castiel is extracted from him, that he will obey the angels in all things, is, is, is this is what they are taking him up on. They're saying, like, you said that you would do whatever we say. We say just stay right here. Yeah, and that's not something that Dean's really happy with, because this is the last place he wants to be right now. And it's like that hanging thread. You know, him and his girlfriend just got in a fight, and he really needs to talk it out, but they can't. <laughs> um his girlfriend in this situation being Sam. Um, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of the movement of this episode starts to happen here because we're cut to Dean um, in Angel Town, which is what I'm just going to refer to it as, and then cut to the hospital where this demon that Sam and Ruby are after um, possesses a woman to go and, uh, or she's already possessed a woman who's stealing babies to cook up for Lilith, the personal chef of Lilith. Um, yeah, and kind of like the scene is quick, and it, obviously it's because they have a lot they need to cover, but it also represents a sort of like efficiency or like like 
brutality, I guess, that Sam is now showing. You know, there's no, like, laboring over doing anything. Nothing's even difficult anymore. Like, Sam and Ruby walk in, Sam just tosses this demon psychically up against a wall, and it's just like, hey, you're coming with us. Like, deal with it. And it's... it's he doesn't even raise his hand to do it. No, right? Yeah. Like, he... Obviously, whatever, whatever, however much power that he has from drinking, again, demon blood, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, like, he's literally just doing this stuff with his mind now. He doesn't even have to strain. That, like, think about the, like, the time we saw him in episode one of season four, when he goes back to that diner to exercise that demon, yeah. and he has to, like, forcefully strain to, to, to pull this demon out. He's not having to do that at all anymore. He's grown, his power has gotten incredibly... I was about to say more powerful, but that's a dumb thing to say. But he's gotten. <laughs> I he's am gotten incredibly, incredibly more powerful than ever before. Yeah, yeah he is. He's leveled up. <laughs> he has gone full Goku or whatever the fuck the kids are talking about. Okay, you um, know it's not called that. Is it not? What? It, what's a Goku? He's a super. He's a super Saiyan. Jeremy, can you can you give me a two sentence explanation of what a Goku is? A Goku, Goku, Son Goku is a Saiyan raised on planet Earth. Okay. And he's a Chris, champion of the people. Can, can you hear me? I can Chris, hear you, Jeremy. I don't, I don't... I have no idea. Anyway, I'm just going to do this podcast by myself now. So we don't have to talk about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> so cut back to um, uh, to Dean. You know, Sam is basically just like bamboozled this this demon. And then we cut back to Dean. Um, is this where Zachariah shows up? Um, it is. So uh, we go back to what they called the green room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is what Zachariah refers to this place as. And, um, you know, as a, pl- as a, like in a green room is a, as a readying place, right? Like it's a, it's a transistory yeah. place that you just kind of stay in until you're ready to go do something else. So that feels very, very fitting to mm-hmm. call it this because they were obviously making Dean wait for something. And Zachariah like promised him, he's like, Hey, th- these are these cheeseburgers that you loved when you were 12. This is your favorite beer. Like I can bring in uh ginger or, you know, from, from Gilligan's Island. I know you like her. Like they're, they're wanting to uh, just constrain Dean. Like they want to distract him to to stay in this room, and Dean is having none of it. Can we just talk about he the reference to- that Dean makes? Yeah, the <laughs> the sweet life of Zach and Cass. And I'm like, so I'm assuming, unless this is a different reference, it's like referencing the Disney Channel show, which was the sweet life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird reference. This is a this is a show that I know absolutely nothing about except except on Tumblr. Like I've only seen images of the show on Tumblr. Like it's a weird way to consume media is to know about a show from Tumblr, that's, and that's the true. only way I know this is Zach and is it Cody? Uh, I would have just called it Zach and Cass again. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, I think my I think my little cousins used to watch that show, and I know it was on Disney Channel, but I don't I don't know too much about it other than Dean is for some reason referencing it. <laughs> There, there's a lot of weird references in this, uh, but I like that we the, can. The angels don't get it. And, totally don't get it. And yeah. Dean is also like, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> it's because they uh, they've already killed off their funniest angel, right? We, we did that early in the season That's right. with um, Uriel. Uh, Uriel was the definitely the funniest angel. Yeah, Dean refers to Zacharias Chuckles, which I, yes. I, I always appreciate when he starts kind of casually insulting these these cosmic entities. Very very fun. Um, but they're, they're trying to like kind of butter him up and he's like, no, no, what, what is the plan? And they said, well, like the plan was to get you to agree to, to be obedient. So you obey. Mm -hmm. And like the delivery on that from, um, Zachariah is so good. Like we wanted you to be obedient. So obey. Yeah. You swore your obedience. 
That's, that's, that's the quote. Yeah, and this yeah. is also at so the time good. where they have just spilled the beans and how every seal but the final one has been broken. Let's. I feel like mm-hmm. the seals have been on the back burner for most of season four. Like, I know that, like, a few of the episodes they've spent trying to stop the seals from being broken, have they ever been successful? No. No. Not at all. They've not They never stopped the seal stopped from being broken. one seal being broken. They just had brother and, drama. <laughs> and there was, I think, I can't remember if it was early in this episode or if it was late in the last episode where Bobby is like, there's seals being broken all over the place, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just all, they're just all breaking. Um, but yeah, that's, like, you would think that the show would kind of stretch that out. Like, you'd think you would get, like, a seal per episode, basically. Or maybe they'll, like, put ten in one episode. But, like, it's kind of been, like, happening in the background of all these atrocities that they've been doing to break open these seals and it's it, it hasn't really like built up a lot of tension for me during the season but now that we're here mm-hmm. and the last one is here it's it's very good like i'm glad that we didn't have to deal with yeah. that. i would i think i would be worn out with seals if that was the case and in a way because of the way that the the angels have sort of been manipulating things as we're starting to learn that they're in a lot of ways is responsible for some of this bad stuff as the as the demons are that Sam and Dean would have had nothing to do anyway. Like, these seals were going to break no matter what. This was going to happen no matter what. So showing the brothers' involvement throughout the season would have been futile. It would have been them doing a hunt every episode and then failing the hunt. Um, The only one that they actively, I can remember them interacting with, was the the Great Pumpkin Sam Winchester episode with the the Halloween. Sam Hain. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Sam Hain. But they killed the, the witches, but it was too late and the seal was already broken. So, yeah. mm-hmm. great job, great job, boys. Didn't didn't save the people. Basically, didn't hunt the things. Yeah, barely, <laughs> the Winchester business. barely hunted the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I'm glad we didn't have to just watch a um, succession of failures over and over again. I mean, in in many other ways, we did, but they were at least good episodes. Yeah, we call that season three around here, <laughs> the succession of failures. <laughs> Um, we go back to, to Sam and Ruby who have, uh, like brought this demon nurse back to their uh, lair. I don't know where they are in in the universe. It's such a weird thing that they have this like body strapped to a table. Basically. Um, Um, I don't even know if she is strapped. I think that Sam's just holding her down. Is he just holding her down? Psychically. uh, No demon traps or devil traps, whatever. That's what she does say that. Doesn't she? Yeah, absolutely. So he's just literally holding that. He doesn't need any of that stuff anymore because he's so, um, what does she call him? Roided up. Yeah. <laughs> like he's all jacked up and he's, he's, he's tortured her and he's saying like, Hey, you need to tell me where Lilith is, where she's going to be. And she says, uh, well, like what's, what's the upside? Either I tell you and you kill me or I tell you and you let me go and Lilith kills me or I don't tell you and you kill me or I don't tell you and you let me go and Lilith kills me. <laughs> like, like there's no, no option where like things just don't happen. Right. Like she yeah. doesn't die. And he's, and Sam's line and his delivery here, uh, Jared Padalecki's delivery here, I think is really good. when he says, um, that you should be more focused on what happens up till your death yeah. than you are on your death. And he just starts like, he does like the hand thing and starts like grabbing her like demon soul or whatever and starts torturing her. Yeah. And this is, um, this is pretty brutal. It's, it's something I guess you could you could see the boys doing in these circumstances. Like, um, you know, we're at the finish line. Shit's about to pop off. We need to get this done. You know, we've seen the, the boys do similar things in the past with, with Meg and maybe season one or season two. Yeah, season one. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Dean is torturing her a little bit. But it's, it's I don't know, the, the visuals of it and just like the, the how cocksure Sam is. Like, I... It doesn't matter. Like you're gonna want to die, so 
you can you can die quickly if you just tell me what I need to know, rather than just me standing here torturing you. Um, yeah, how sure of himself he is, and just how with the ease with which he just makes this demon scream is a little bit frightening. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, under different circumstances, you might think, okay, well, they're doing what they have to do, but this is torture. It's a demon, but it's still torture. It's still torture, and um, it works. It, right? it like really they works. Get, they get the information out. So she says, okay, fine, stop. If you kill me, I will just tell you, um, like, Lilith is going to go break the seal at this convent um, with all of the, where, like, there's this convent and so-and-so, and referring to the convent that we saw in the, in the opener mm-hmm. uh, with the yellow-eyed demon. And Sam seems like kind of confused about this, which is really weird. Like, really? Now, now you're questioning things. <laughs> now, 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 now this shit seems that, weird. <laughs> there's several times that Sam seems confused about things where I think that he should just automatically know what's happening. And we're going to get to another one here, here in a second. Um, but, uh, so he goes to kill her after they get the information, but Ruby stops him and says, no, we're, we're entering the final showdown. I think she even says like the last run on the death star. Yeah. And she wants to, uh, keep this woman for Sam to drink in order to get juiced up so he can take on Lilith. Yeah. And at this point, uh, the demon does something that seems to confuse Sam, which again, we, I watched this last night with, uh, Brian Wade, who has literally, as far as I know, never watched a supernatural episode before. And he understood what was happening immediately. <laughs> Sam Winchester did not. This demon says, oh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna let somebody else take control. And she kind of retreats into the subconscious and lets the actual woman she's possessing out. So now they have to deal with, like, this woman that they are going to kill. Yeah. It's just not going to make it easy on them. Um, it's just, like, psychological torture is, like, the only form of revenge that she has. Like, okay, big hero, here you go. How about you go and, uh, how about you drain her instead? And, uh, that's, that's really, that's really fucking dark. That's some not hunky shit. But there's some not hunky shit. And I love Ruby's uh, look to Sam when this happens. And she's like, God damn it. Like make my life harder. Why don't you, you stupid ass. She is really starting to like show her true colors here. She is nothing but Mm -hmm. irritated with Sam for most of this. Like, Hey, you're going to do this, right? It's like the bully, like trying to like convince the kids to like steal test answers. That was a weird analogy. I don't know why I went there, but you know what I mean? Like there's always like the bully in TV shows being like, you're you're going to go through this, right? Come on, Sammy. Um, you want to be with the cool kids, right? Um, of course, of course. It's just, it's weird. And as you're saying how confused Sam seems about all this, I'm actually glad that you said that because I hadn't thought of this, but the closer that we get to the final showdown, like the actual like final scene of the thing, where Sam seems like he's totally in a daze, like he can barely hear anything, and obviously because of demon blood and he's so focused on what he's doing and all that stuff, um, but it almost is like he is in some sort of slightly addled haze throughout all of this sam has always been like the brainiac of the of the crew and yet he can't really seem to think anything through we so we see him doing a little bit of research at some point like looking up the uh it's it's in a coming scene looking up the church where they're going but it's like he's not in his right mind and it's not just because he's doing bad things it's like he can no longer even think straight and i don't know if that's because he's being manipulated by the blood in him as he himself has said it's already changed me it's already too late or just by Ruby, or just the dis- the distress over um, having gotten in a fight with Dean, or maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But um, it really just seems no, no, like I, he I, doesn't I, know I, what's I, going on. I definitely think you're onto something there. Uh, I, I don't think that you're reading too much into it. Like this entire season has been about pushing Sam past his limits, past his moral guidelines mm-hmm. that his his family has instilled in him, and exploiting the weaknesses in that family structure in, in order to get Sam to commit these horrible acts, whether it's 
drinking demon blood or using his psychic powers or, or whatever, like killing things, whatever it is, they're pushing, pushing, pushing. And at this point, you mentioned that Ruby was kind of irritated. Like she's so close to her goal. And and we're going to explain what that goal is. Like we're, we're, we're going to finally got, like, get everything out in the clear about Ruby here in a bit, but we're so close to that goal. And that, Ruby just like she's just pushing and pushing and pushing, and it really does seem like Sam is kind of like halfway, like just kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Like he's almost checked out. He's like, okay, I'm going to do this thing, but I can't do this thing if I think about it too hard. So I'm just not going to. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to go do it. Yeah, whatever the, these people tell me to do. It really, in a lot of ways, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's thinking things through at all, and not in a reckless way, but in a like, okay, sure, man, whatever, like. Like he's so stoned off demon blood, or it's it's kind of the opposite effect. He's so like juiced up on demon blood that he can't even really think anymore, and he's just mm-hmm. like you said, he's along for the ride, which is exactly where so they want him. We, <laughs> which is exactly where they want him. Yeah. Uh, once we find out that Lilith is going to go to this um, convent to break the seal, we we actually go back in time to 1972, uh, where we were at the very beginning of the episode, and we see the priest that. Uh, Azazel has has possessed the yellow eyed demon has possessed and hold on wait, now we wait, see wait. I just realized we skipped one important scene um, and that's Dean calling to leave Sam a message. We do need to talk about the voicemail. Yeah, that's that's going to be pretty important. So in the green room, um, and this is this is going to be a weird thing too because he he literally just pulls out his cell phone and it works. Later, like Dean's going to be like, or, excuse me, Kaz is going to be like, uh, oh, y- your cell phone doesn't work here. You're yeah. out of your coverage area. <laughs> I don't know if I have but now his. Cell- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I have the exact Dean quote, but he calls Sam. Clearly, Bobby's words are like ringing in his head, and he calls Sam and he says, "I'm still pissed, and you and I owe you a serious beatdown." But I shouldn't have said what I said. I'm not dad. We're brothers. Um, you know family. Wait, you, see, you know family, and no matter how bad it gets, that doesn't change. Uh, I I've made a typo. Hey, listener. Hey, Jeremy, my friend. Uh, I made a typo mm-hmm. when I was quoting Dean here. But basically, he's just like, no matter how bad it gets, we're still family. Um, that doesn't change. And the last thing before the, the voicemail cuts off is, is Dean saying, Sammy, I'm sorry. Um, and obviously, Sam is still really the one at fault here, but he's still saying, I'm sorry that I pushed you away. I'm sorry that I'm being like dad. I'm sorry that I'm treating you like something other than my brother when really I, I know that you need me to help you. Um, Dean doesn't owe him an apology, but he's still apologizing. And it's like this, as a viewer of Supernatural, especially, I was going to say as a first-time viewer, but even when I watched it these last two times, because I watched this episode two more, two uh, times to record this. Um, Same. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. Um, <laughs> it's a good episode, y'all. Like even You should watch it. Why are you listening to this if you haven't seen it? <laughs> even with that, it's still like, it feels like it just mended everything that was broken. And then you're just waiting for Sam to hear it and for everything to be okay. Um, and they go from the silence of that, because it's, it's Dean in the green room after the phone cuts off in the silence. And then they immediately cut to the demon screaming because it was back to Sam torturing her. And then mm-hmm. we move on. And then we get to the um, scene, the flashback. to The, the flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, once we get back to the flashback, the, we see Azazel, the yellow-eyed demon. He has kind of like put one of the nuns, um, and he's... he's you know, blood all over his face. Obviously, he had just got finished murdering. You mentioned that Sam had done some research, and we we do get a brief scene after he tortures the the nice nurse lady, um, where he's like looking it up, and he realizes that it is a Zazel. Like for some reason, they put that in the in the newspaper clipping from 1972 <laughs> that the the guy said that it was Zazel had possessed him. Um, and Ruby, like he tells Ruby this, and Ruby's like, "Whoa, 
wow, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and like the least convincing Sam please kind of moment Sam you can please. ever imagine. Um, please. So the yellow eyed demon has like kind of put this, one of the dead nuns up on an altar and um, is begging her to speak. He's saying like, I got hey, you a bag you know, full father, of nuns. <laughs> I got you a bag full of nuns. Can you whisper through the door or whisper through the cage door? It's so good. And, it's so good because he the the nun who is whose head is like leaning like upside down basically leaning off this altar um says you know hey i i, I need you i need you to get lilith and he's like I, lilith that's going to be really hard she's like neck deep in the filth like i can't yeah I, I i'll do it but like what can i do and she and he's like you need to find me a uh, a child a very special child so and i feel like we've known this mm-hmm. i feel like the show hasn't necessarily like pointed out directly but it's very very obvious now that the whole reason that azazel the yellow-eyed demon was hunting for these special psychic kids was to um and basically enable lucifer getting free from his cage mm-hmm. in hell um i just can't you really kind of fascinating yeah this and they build upon this mythology more in season five um which i almost spoiled it but <laughs> do they it's and it's really it's really good and it, i love that they're still even in you know season four and five playing off of stuff from season one stuff with the yellow eyes um but they the the stuff with the nun is so cre- it's a dead upside down nun just like whispering weird shit like when it says lilith it's just lilith it's like the creepiest shit ever as yellow eyes is <laughs> and I, i'm glad that when representing lucifer in this scene they don't go for like pop culture demon like they always do um they make it legitimately creepy and whenever supernatural can be creepy i'm always a big fan me too and it's this is legit creepy right like Mm -hmm. this is extremely like kind of scary um using dead nuns to like summon lucifer is is some dope ass shit i'm into it uh we, we go back to dean who is uh kind of testing his 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 boundaries a little bit like we see him knock over a statue in this green room and it just comes right back and uh, I, th- I feel like now is the time where we should kind of talk about the way this room looks because it's a very specific stylized mm-hmm. room right like it's very very ornate um yes yeah. a lot lots of paintings in the in the room like full-size huge like kind of classical paintings and that um will c- continue to change throughout the episode which yeah. is a really neat effect it, it's kind of fascinating that they've put him into this place that is so close to purgatory for mm-hmm. Dean, right? Like this is a place of unchange. He cannot affect anything here. And when uh, Castiel shows up, he, he kind of begs Castiel. He's like, I, I want to, you need to take me to Sam. I don't care about this apocalypse stuff. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I want to go see my brother. Yeah. You need to take me to him. And Castiel just straight up refuses. And he's like, well, I want to go for a walk. And Castiel says, I'll take you on one. Like, yeah, and Dean says, "Well, then I'll just leave." And he goes to the door, and he kind of looks back at Kaz, and Kaz says, "How are you going to leave?" And he looks back, and the door is gone. Like he is trapped here. And I don't even know if it's just Dean wanting to go and stop Sam from whatever's happening. I feel like he just wants to, like, it's weighing on him. Like that argument is still weighing on him, and he didn't answer his phone, and obviously he's worried about what Sam is doing. But I think that that brotherly instinct is still like that's his biggest driving factor like yeah i know i have to come back here in a minute but like i need to just go talk to sam for a second and obviously as we're slowly learning that is the last thing the angels want yep um and, and this is like 
seeing this frustration, like seeing that kind of, kind of picking up that, like we've known the entire season since they were introduced, the angels kind of cannot be trusted. Like mm-hmm. they, they seem like they definitely have their own agenda. Um, they, they're definitely doing things on their own without like kind of consideration for anybody's life or especially human life. Like they don't particularly care about that at all. So seeing that kind of come to a point with Kaz is, is very interesting. And that's why everything with Kaz has been so interesting so far. And we've, we've seen Anna, but like Anna fell and then was captured all these, um, these complicated issues with her. And then we have Cass who's a lot more like a straight and narrow angel who we keep thinking is maybe our ally, but then he'll go and do something. And then he follows the company line again. Like Dino is like the demons are always clearly the bad guys. Even when Ruby was helping Sam, you never really believe that her best intentions or she has his best intentions at heart. But with the angels, this whole time it's been like, will, will like a, will they, won't they like, maybe they're just dicks, mm-hmm. but I mean like they're not demons. So like, that's good. But I think we're learning pretty quickly that, in some ways, they're worse. The the question that the angels have always posed to, I think, the viewer is: is the ends, does the ends justify the mm-hmm. means? Right? Like that's 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 always been the question of we we want to trust them because they're you know they're the opposite of the demons. Like so, no matter what, they they should have our best interest at heart. Like even if even if they have to you know break some eggs, they're still going to make that omelet for us in the, in the morning. Yeah, I think that they literally and, use that. Uh, analogy <laughs> do they yeah <laughs> um I, 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 it's funny if they do um but yeah they, they like th- this this has always been like the the conundrum with these angels and i think this is where this is the point in the episode this is the point of the season where we start realizing that hey like maybe they aren't on our yeah. side at all like maybe they have a totally different agenda to the demons who want to let lucifer free but maybe like what they want is still pretty bad, and that's that's a that's a that's a hard thing to swallow, yeah. especially if, if you're Dean, who has kind of entrusted. In, remember, Dean made a promise of obedience to these people. Mm-hmm. He did that at the at the to, as a way to save Sam, and now not only is he not saving Sam, like he's not doesn't, he's kind of feeling like he's getting burned about this whole obedience yeah. thing. So I know, like I made a joke about it in the um, the road so far, but this really is like a, his the end of season two when he made that demon deal. To bring Sam back to life. Absolutely. This isn't yeah. that different. And I think that I've never really thought of it that way. But he's he sold himself over to a cosmic entity for the sake of his brother. Uh, it turns out it's actually not that great. Well, when you get down to it. Imagine that. <laughs> as, as we, a lesson that Supernatural will teach us over and over again is to just never give up your your, your body for possession. Yeah. No matter who's coming knocking. It's probably a bad move. Um... So Dean and Kaz have this fight, and then we go back to uh, Sam and Ruby in the car. And uh, Sam is number one. They have stuffed this woman, this RN, who yeah. has been begging for her life from Sam. Like we see this kind of like really not only well acted but kind of disturbing thing of Sam uh, dragging this woman to his trunk and shoving her in the trunk mm-hmm. and like making her stay there. And as she, you know, on the road, he closes the trunk and. Almost looks like he has tears in his eyes, but what good is your tear? Your tears going to do when this is what you're doing? But it just shows, like, Sam, like Sam more than anybody knows how wrong this is, and Sam more than anybody is still the one doing this, still, still continuing to do it. And I, I just, I think it'll be in the outtakes at some point because uh, we talked about it a little bit before we we started talking about the episode. But uh, 
last night you texted me and you were like, please don't be mean to Sam. And it was literally during this scene where Sam is stuffing this woman who is crying and pleading for her life into the back of the trunk. And I'm like, I, I, I'm going to be mean to my boy. Like, I'm just going to be mean to the dude. I'm sorry. Like, he's making the bad decisions right now. He's being manipulated and, and forced into yeah. it. Ruby's just telling him that's just an act. That's not really her. Um, and Sam is like, well, okay, but he clearly doesn't believe her. He's just like trying to believe her. He's just trying to convince himself that that's the truth, that this woman isn't really the one screaming, that it's just the demon pretending to fuck with him when like, that's, that's clearly not the case. (laughs) I've got, uh, I've got two points about this next scene where Sam and Ruby are driving and having this conversation. One of them is very funny. I bet. And one of them is is. very terrifying. (laughs) Which one do you want first? Do you Um, want terrifying or do you want funny? I want Persqueeter first. (laughs) Persqueeter is definitely the funny one. Yeah, she uh, she tells Sam now is not the time to grow a persqueeter, which again just supernatural inventing its own language to get around like weird uh, censorship issues on the CW. Like, meanwhile, a chick has licked Nick Dean's nipple on camera. Yeah, <laughs> like, and we're fine with that. But we can't but, say the word pussy. Yeah, can't say the word pussy. <laughs> but can definitely say the word persqueeter, yeah. which is a definitely a thing that they said. Um, I. It's hilarious. I, I love the callback, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, the, the fact that they definitely realized, like, the, who said the word Pesquiter. Like, someone watched... <laughs> like, I feel like Eric Kripke, like, watched season one and was like, wait, where did it... Well, I didn't write Pesquiter. Yeah, who, 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 who is that word? Hey! Sarah! Sarah Gamble! Come here! <laughs> did you write Pesquiter? What? what? Yeah, pers- is that... Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm put it in the fun... Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um... The, the the disturbing part in this in this scene is again Sam is looking kind of because they're they're driving down the road in this car. You hear in the background like the the chick yelling and screaming yeah. from the trunk. Like definitely should if you're going to do this, you definitely should have duct taped it. That's why people for <laughs> duct tape for sure. Like, <laughs> so you don't feel guilt about it. Um, like also don't do that. But yeah, like that's mm-hmm. that you should definitely have done that. And um, he even says like I wish she was shut up. And Ruby says something like. Well, you know, that, that can be arranged. And he's and he kind of looks at her and she's like, what? It's not like it's the first time that you've done it. And the implication that Sam has been basically draining demons, like it, it they make this look like it's, it's very, they make this look like the first time that Sam has done mm-hmm. this. But I feel like it's definitely not. I think like, that I feel he's... like she has been pushing him to do this. Sure. Even, even with like, just, if it's just the demon that is, yeah. like he has probably hasn't done it when she's, when it's a person that's possessed by a demon with the human in, in control, like that's probably the first time. But like it's like sh- he has been killing people. Like he has been. Yeah, I think that it's safe to say at least even harming innocents. even with the demons that they've been exercising and doing things to that even if not draining and killing because Sam has stated in the past that most of the people that they exercise they are able to save. Like they have a pretty good thing going. But I would not be surprised if he was take a little sippy sip before he goes and pulls that demon out. Um, so I bet he's been drinking from people and this is the first time that he is going to just kill a person by draining them of their blood and then drinking it. Also, what do you think he does it into? Like, just like a gallon of water, like just a bottle and he just chugs it. Like it takes, it would take a long time to get all that blood out. I'm assuming that he puts it all on Ruby and licks it off. Like that just seems like like that's the only way. And she just, I'm going to, she's a demon. She was a witch in a, in her human life. So I'm just going to assume she does some magic and pulls all the blood out so that it's on the outside of Ruby's body. Mm -hmm. And then Sam Mm -hmm. licks it all off Mm -hmm. and it's magic and it's supernatural. So it it works out, but this is where Sam starts to, uh, get a little snappy. I'm getting a little, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a little hot and bothered talking about all this witch demon sex, so can we move on <laughs> yes. a little bit? Um, 
Sam is like, would you drop the attitude? I'm about to bleed and drink a woman while she watches, um, which is what you were kind of getting at. But then she, Ruby says, and save mm-hmm. the world as a result. Basically being like, yeah, stop being a persqueeter or whatever. This is going to save the world and you need to just deal with it. Yeah, it sucks. I know that this goes against your Winchester code, but you need to deal with it. Um, thankfully, Sam is still at least questioning it, but <laughs> it doesn't go very mm-hmm. far. But he says, I don't know. I'm starting to think that maybe Dean was right about everything, like trusting Ruby, um, killing Lilith, drinking the demon blood, like literally everything. He's starting to think like, oh, fuck, maybe I am a monster. Maybe I really am. And maybe this is not worth it. Which is the crux of, of Sam Winchester, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, it's battling this issue, um, with, uh, you know, am I a monster or, and if I am, can monsters be good? Like we, we talked about this a little bit in our own personal green room, uh, which we'll probably make it, make its way into the outtakes for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Cause I kind of want to save that so we could talk about it again. Yep. But that, that question of, like the theme of the show from back from season one even is, you know, these monsters, I, I go back to this quote a lot, but the, the argument Sam and Dean had where uh, Dean says, um, we hunt monsters. And Sam says, no, we hunt evil. Like that, making that mm-hmm. distinction uh, and, and that Sam battling this out in his head of, does this make me a monster? If so, does it make me an evil monster? Mm-hmm. And still like kind of not coming to terms with it because he knows what he's doing is wrong. Yeah. But also continuing to do it because he thinks he's saving the world. He's doing like, like the being, logical exercise and following like the path of his own like conscience and then he's getting to that result of am I going to save the world? Is all of this worth it? Is being a monster worth it? And he just I think he's telling himself, "Well, yeah." And Ruby is telling him, "Yeah." But I don't think he believes it. I think he's he's saying it, but he doesn't believe it. So while all of that is happening, uh, we move back to Dean, who is in the angelic green room, and uh, he is basically taking a statue and is like wailing against the wall and trying to break through this sheetrock. And then when he kind of glances back, oh, it's all repaired. It repairs itself. Mm-hmm. Zachariah shows up and says, um, can you please stop throwing your feces like a howler? Yeah. Monkey? Again, just cementing that idea that the angels really have a derogatory look on all human, all humanity. Like that's the second, third or fourth like monkey reference. Yeah. Like they keep calling us monkeys, Chris. I'm not. I'm not happy with it. Not I don't like it, it at all. <laughs> and I think that man, we uh, we we don't have a lot of chuckles this this episode, do we? We're we're, we're serious business. It's, this a, episode. it's a serious episode. We listen. We talked for an hour before we started this. Okay, we we had true. we had it's so true. many goofs. You guys, listener, just wait till you get to the end of this episode. There's going to be so many goofs. <laughs> There's so many goose in the outtakes. If you don't normally listen to the outtakes, this is probably like you probably need some relaxation after this episode. Um, so just keep going past that credit music, and and you'll get to some great goofs. <laughs> um, I love the the scene of of Dean like beating the wall with a thing, like you said, and um, the damage he's doing just disappearing. Just the way that they track that shot, the camera following Dean back and forth, and then the shock and the futility. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, I really like the the idea that this is almost a purgatory. He cannot affect any change here. Nothing is good. Nothing is bad. It's just, it's all there. It's all like plastic happiness. Like they're giving him these cheeseburgers and like these beers, but like none of it is anything. Um, and we, we need to talk about the direction of the scene a lot because Zachariah is showing up and then he kind of casually walks over and sits down on this bench. The bench is in front of a mirror that's also reflected onto another mirror. So we get like this 
infinity of yeah. Zachariah sitting down, which is, you know, I mean, the, like that's, that's a symbol, right? Like mm-hmm. they are like, I think that they are explicitly telling us like, this has happened. Like th- this is, these angels are like, this is infinity to these people and they can, they can grasp that. Whereas like somebody like Dean Winchester cannot, but Dean has something that the angels don't have, which is this like human desire to, to see this through, mm-hmm. to, to be a part of this family with his brother and to like save fucking people, which these angels don't. Zachariah straight, straight, straight up tells them like, no, you're not, we're not saving you to like, we're, we're, we're going to let Lilith break the seal. Yeah. You can't go like, see Sam Lilith. because Sam needs to kill Lilith. Because as we find out, Lilith isn't breaking the seal. Lilith is the final seal. Mm-hmm. So killing Lilith will free Lucifer. And, and and Sam has to be the person to do that. Zachariah even says, do you think we would have let 66, 65 seals be broken if we didn't want? He says something like upper management, like mm-hmm. the upper management angels <laughs> didn't want that to happen. Like we, we, we let all of this happen and then you're going to come along and you're going to fix it after the fact. But we're going to let Sam do this thing we are going to let him do this and, and dean is instantly this, horrified, this is going right? to be like, the biggest like, reveal of the season like yes this is this is a huge deal the, yeah, the, like angels, the angels are actively working to free lucifer in one fell swoop they say yes we've been basically leading or, or letting your brother i don't know if it's leading i've been trying to figure that out if it's leading but they're definitely letting sam go down the path of the dark side they are actively encouraging it despite uriel and castiel talking all the shit to him when they first met him, this is what they want. They want Sam to break, to kill Lilith, break the final seal, let Lucifer out so that they can have the apocalypse. And then they want Dean to, to fight for the angels to have peace on Earth, I guess. Um, and as Zachariah says, can't have an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Without breaking some eggs. And I, I, to answer your question of whether or not they were leading him to it, like they are giving specific orders to let Sam do this. Mm-hmm. Like, remember that in the last episode, the way that Sam got out of the demon, not demon cage, but, like, the demon-proof cage um, was Castiel letting him out. And, like, so, obviously those orders came from Zachariah, because we see Castiel kind of battling with the, you know, I'm just following orders or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, he's he's obviously not really happy with it, but the angels are specifically, they specifically want Sam to do this. I think at any time, they could scoop Sam up and prevent all of this stuff from happening. So I think they are definitely want like they definitely want to have Sam do this to have Sam be the one that frees Lucifer, which is kind of sad and- because we've said it previously in this season, but Sam has obviously always had this demon blood in him, and it's always kind of colored his life in one way or another. But also, Sam was the one of the two brothers who had faith. Like there was a whole episode in season two about angels and him wanting to believe that they were angels, and to find out that not only is his life being defined by this this demon blood that he's fought against his whole life, this thing that made him a freak. Not only is that having an effect on him, but the angels that he believed in are actively letting that happen and encouraging and encouraging that to happen. And that's just, like, the saddest shit ever for Sam Winchester. Like, everything he believes in is wrong in one way or another. Um, but this scene, I don't know when exactly it happens, but all the color drains out of it. Yeah, yeah, which is really good. That's kind of a callback to that. Um, it's a terrible. I don't remember life the name episode, of the episode. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible life. Yeah, yeah. Where they they did the opposite thing, right? Where they had it was all bright and colorful, and then it actually they did the same thing yeah. and drained <laughs> out of it. Um, you, you said that this was specifically terrible for for Sam to be proven wrong, basically, mm-hmm. like all of the stuff that he's believed is wrong. I think it might even be even worse for Dean, who now sees that all of his lack of faith was right. Oh yeah, because. 
because he's he's never believed this. Like from the moment, like, remembering all the way back to season one where he was like, "How come hunters have never seen angels?" And Sam was like, "You're the one. Like you're the guy that wrote. You're, you're the yeah. dude. You, you saw it first. Like you're you're the guy." He didn't believe it then. He's never had a lot of faith in God. He asks Zachariah in this scene, "Where is God in all this?" And Zachariah says, "God has left the building." Mm-hmm. So proving the fact that none of this is like meaningful like it's just people playing shitty chess with with human lives i think it has to be just such a demoralizing thing i think it seals dean into and and we're going to see this as as the episode plays out it all of a sudden none of this matters the apocalypse doesn't matter saving sam matters Mm -hmm. like that's the only thing he can hold on to if god is gone he finally put his faith in in the angels for the sake of sam only to have them exactly do him as dirty as the fucking demons did So, like, Sam having his faith broken and Dean having his lack of faith justified is some of the, like, most devious and heartbreaking shit in the show, I think. Like, to to break both of these brothers in different ways for the same thing in the same episode is, like, man, do not want to be a Winchester. That's the thing that we, I think part part of what we love about heroes, especially, like, in modern fiction, is how they're always so broken, but they manage to still be heroic and, like, you know they carry the weight of the world on their shoulders and then they, they still are able to rise up. And, you know, as a viewer, that, that kind of thing gives you like uh, hope or whatever it is. And to see that the way that they've been able to break down both like Winchesters, just like you're saying, it's like over the same subject matter, but it's two different things having them break in two different ways. And they're still able, they're trying to, to shoulder it and then push forward is very, uh, it's very tragic. Very Hamlet, I think. Um, I mentioned that earlier in the uh, intro thing. But it does start to feel like everything's out of their hands, and it's just dramatic irony at this mm-hmm. point. So after this confrontation with Zechariah, uh, we go back for a brief section to see that Lilith has arrived at the at the nunnery, and she's like got some demon people who were later completely disappear, which is really strange, but whatever. Oh, they all die. Um, they all get Oh, yeah, like, that's right. She, she sacrifices all of them. Yeah, no, yeah, Sam yeah, kills them all. Did, okay. I thought that she sacrificed them, them too. Okay. But yeah, it's when he, he shows up and they're all laying on the ground. Oh. It does, okay. it literally well, happens do in, like, super quick. Yeah, nothing yeah. is, it's just, like, there's, like, a gust of wind, and she turns around, they're all laying on the ground, and then he's, he's walking uh, in. Showing, showing that he has juiced himself up to the max. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that makes sense. Is this the voicemail part? Uh, we, not quite, because uh, after after we see her with her like demon henchmen or whatever, um, we go back to uh, the green room, and Dean is now in a confrontation with Castiel, who he's begging Castiel, please let me out. I have to go do this. And Castiel is kind of holding faith. He's he's like, no, no, we, you have to do this. You promised. You said you were going to be obedient. And you're going to be obedient. Oh, dude, he and- says, what are you going to do to Sam? And Cass says, nothing. He's going to do it to himself. He's going to do it to himself. What the fuck? And he even says, like, (laughs) you know, destiny, God's lies. It's uh, destiny's God's plan. It's all a bunch of lies. Lies, you stupid son of a bitch. And man, like Dean's speech to Castiel, like, and is so fucking good Mm -hmm. here. He punches him in the face. He punches him in the face. Number one, like Dean obviously only has like two modes of of emotion expression, right? Like (laughs) it's either punch him in the face or cry a single tear. Like there's no in between. (laughs) That's it. Um, But this, the speech that he gives Castiel saying like, this is all fucking worthless. Like you guys are, are lying to me. You're like, if you can't save Sam, you can't save the world. You don't deserve to even try. Basically is how I look at the, look at this. Like you're such pieces of shit that you're going to let this happen. And, 
Cassiel says that he's sorry at some point for whatever. And Dean says, mm-hmm. it's Armageddon, Cass. You need a better word than sorry. And there's just like, and I think that this is important because we're going to get another sorry later on in this episode. And Dean's reactions are a little bit different here. Dean hearing sorry from an angel is not, it's not good enough. It's nothing. They have the power and the foresight to stop this from happening. Castiel can stop this from happening, but he's not. So exactly, he's trying to convince Dean saying like, everything that you feel right now, it won't matter in the end. Like you and your brother will be at peace. Like when this is all said and done, when, when there is peace on earth, all the pain and strife between you and your brother, the pain and the guilt won't matter. It'll be gone. Um, but Dean tells him to take his piece and shove it up his lily white ass, and that he'll lily white ass. He would rather take <laughs> the pain and the guilt and all of the bullshit with Sam and the demon blood. He would rather have that than have some fake Stepford Stepford Wives version of reality, which is like, Mm -hmm. it's a very bold thing for Dean to be doing here. You would think a dude like Dean would just be so worn out by it all that he would say, fuck it. Yep. But we've seen, you know, in season two, when he fights out of the, the Jin dream where everything is perfect, but him and Sam are brothers, you know, it's like Dean always fights back for the reality that he's in. He doesn't, in, in some ways he hates his fate, but he also still wants the ability to control his fate and he doesn't want it to change. And I think it's important to remember that um, when it comes down to it, Dean is always fighting for humanity. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really, he doesn't particularly care about the apocalypse, except in terms of people are going to die. Like, and once you remove, once you, once they pulled the rug out from under him, once they said, like, oh, I think Zachariah says, like, this isn't the only, this isn't the only planetary enema we've planned. Like, yeah. we, we have done this before. Like, we have rid, we have rid the, the world of, of humanity realizing that like these beings aren't who they say they are and they are actively working against him just basically makes him on the side of humanity only and just again congeals his thought of saying like okay i'm going after sam that's my family i'm going to save sam if i can't do anything else i'm going to save sam he says help me get Um, to sam before it's too late if there was anything worth dying for because that's castiel's line is like we'll be killed like the angels will kill us if we do this dean says if there was anything worth dying for it's this and um, Castiel basically says no, and Dean hits them with the "you spineless, soulless son of a bitch." We're done. Goddamn, Dean. Cast disappears. Uh, we we go back to Sam, Fuck who this. is um, Fuck this. Ha- having some. Uh, he's having some second thoughts, um, so he says, "Well, also I'm, this. I'm gonna check." <laughs> I'm going to check my voicemail, and sure enough, he has a voicemail from Dean. You might remember earlier in the episode, uh, we, we talked about this, Dean basically calls him and says, like, hey, sorry, uh, I owe you a major beatdown, but I love you, you're my brother, we, we, should, we should be friends. Chris, does he, does Sam get that voicemail? Sam does not get that voicemail, and when I watched this no. last weekend, I was, like, in shock. I knew it happened. But it was still such a fucking gut punch that the angels change what Dean said in his voicemail. And it says, you're a monster, you're a vampire, and I'm going to kill you. Dad said if I couldn't save you, then I would have to kill you. And now, I, you know, I couldn't save you, so now I'm going to kill you. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. And if that had not happened, I do not think that any of what happens next would, would, would have gone down. I think that that was 100% would have been the voice that Sam needed to pull him 
off. Even this close to the finish line, I think that Sam would have stopped if he had heard that voicemail. Because we've already seen throughout the episode after he's come down... I mean, throughout the entire season, he's been influenced by the demon blood and by the lies. Because it was such a secret from Dean. If Dean had been aware of what Sam was doing this whole time, like, they were both open about it, saying, yes, I'm going to drink demon blood, it makes me strong. I don't think that this would have gotten to this point. Where Dean, at a certain point, would have been like, hey, buddy, let's talk about this. I just think it all could have been avoided, and this was like that last chance, and the angels knew it, and they stopped it, and it's just making me mad right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> and that's, when you asked, you know, were the angels, like, actually, like, leading Sam into this, this, this is what I will go to. Like, changing this voice message so that Sam specifically hears his brother call him a monster, which... I don't like to use the term trigger word lightly in, in nowadays mm-hmm. because I think it's it's important to acknowledge that, that 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 word has some like power with people. But like being called a monster by Dean is basically Sam's trigger word. It at is. This point. Yeah, like, it that's totally the is. thing that dri- that drives him into doing all of this bad shit. It's the thing that makes him think that he is not worth saving and that he can't save himself. So he might as well do these unspeakable things because he'll die in the process and he'll save the world. Like, that's the thing that makes him do all of this. The angels make him do this. They make him free Lucifer. It's fucking ridiculous. It's heartbreaking. I hate it. Goddamn angels suck. They're all dicks. I don't like them. They somehow, <laughs> just want to say that over and over again. They do somehow manage They're to make dicks. the angels into, like, worse villains than the demons have ever been. Because, of course, we have Lilith, but it's like, this whole time Sam's been pursuing Lilith for what? Like, a vague sense of revenge? And to maybe stop her from breaking the seals like dean has challenged him on this before and why he's so hell-bent on it and he doesn't really have a reason mm-hmm. and if you want to look at it that way the season almost didn't really have a true antagonist until you realize that all along it's been the angels well and also sam like and that's, also sam, um, this is true i want to say it was patches that that tweeted us and said and kind of took umbrage at us saying that there wasn't a monster of the week in the in the last mm-hmm. episode we covered on the podcast saying that the the monster of the week was definitely Sam, and I and nailed it. Like, Patches definitely, like, called us. I, I feel like we should have said that in the episode. Yeah, I feel like I almost, like, <laughs> I, th- I thought we did say that, but then I was like, yeah, I guess we must not have. I guess we were, we were both were probably like, just thinking it, and we're like, no. <laughs> well, like, I, I just, I hadn't I hadn't put it in those terms yeah, in my yeah, mind. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I will say, I, was, I definitely wasn't thinking it. I think we talked about it. Like, I think we made it to be... What's what's the word, word, word I'm looking for? Like I think we definitely talked about it, and 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 not in those terms, but we we got there, mm-hmm. right? Like I think mm-hmm. we talked about it as if he was. We just didn't put a name to it. Um, but like you, you say that the the season doesn't really have an antagonist. Like really, we've been we've been leading up to Sam. Like Sam is the is the person. He's the human that all of these cosmic beings need to fuck up so bad, so that he commits this atrocity of letting Lucifer out. Killing Lilith, you know, just basically destroying his own body, corrupting his own body, corrupting his soul into being this this person. And, like, that to me is the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like, the angels are kind of manipulating Dean into doing that, or excuse me, Sam into doing that. But to me, like, Sam is kind of the bad guy of season four. It, it does make sense. And you see, when he's listening to this goddamn voicemail, and Ruby is just standing behind him smirking. Because she, like, she obviously can hear it too. She knows this is exactly what Sam needed to hear right now in order for him to do what she wants him to do. Uh, and then as soon as he turns around, she like wipes the smile off of her face and she's like, we're going to do this. And mm-hmm. his only response is do it. But this this p- is when, um, th- and this is presumably when he kills this chick, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is where he finally um, like kills the, the demon chick. 
And this is where we see him storm in to, to this nun factory. Um, <laughs> yeah, we see Lilith and, uh, and the gang all uh, traipsing about. And some, for whatever... Really, re- really surprised that Lilith, um, the actress that plays Lilith, who is named, because I actually write this stuff down now, because I'm a nice person. Um, Catherine... Oh, I can't pronounce her last name. That's a bummer. Uh, Boker, maybe? Botcher? really surprised she hasn't done more like she has she's a really beautiful woman and with a really interesting face like she's not I'm i know she hasn't showed up mean. in like yeah. twin twin peaks yeah. right like it seems like david lynch like like has weirdly beautiful people mm-hmm. like really interesting faces and just surprised she hasn't she hasn't done more so. um but yeah she, that's part of what makes her so striking and creepy because it is like this beautiful woman in a white dress in this dank dark like decrepit nunnery <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's a very striking image but then there's a demon coming up to her passing her like a cup of blood and she says don't be afraid we're going to save the world which is a weird thing for Lilith to be say- saying and then there's a flash and all of the demons drop and that's when Sam comes in so he- here we are uh, Sam has arrived at this place he is with the intent of killing Lilith, who he, which he thinks now is going to stop her from breaking the 66 seal. Um, he does not realize that if he kills Lilith, he is actually breaking the 66 seal. This is super good, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, Sam is literally the only one in the room who doesn't know what's about to happen. Doesn't know this, yeah. Um, before we do that, though, we go back to uh, the green room with Dean. And Dean is finally, like, tempted by one of these hamburgers. And as he goes to pick it up, Cass says, like, no, you shouldn't do that. Shoves him against the wall. Takes out a knife. Cuts his own arm. Blood starts dripping out. He starts, like, painting um, sigils of his own blood on the wall. And Dean looks pretty confused. Uh, and then Zachariah shows up. And he just you know, activates the spell or whatever. Yeah, it's this angel banishment spell that we've seen. Is, yeah. um, we, we've seen Anna do this a couple of times. Um, they show up at Chuck's place. Yeah. <laughs> and can we talk about what Chuck is doing? Because uh, our good friend Chuck, the prophet, mm-hmm. uh, knows that this is the end of the world, um, has kind of seen this happen. And so he is ordering... Um, 20 girls. I think he says something... <laughs> 20 girls. Like He's on the phone. He's like, okay, uh, how much is one girl? And she's like, it's $1,000 for all night. And he's like, okay. I would take 20, please. Yes. Chuck, Chuck, what are you doing? Chuck, he's just like, last <laughs> night on Earth, whatever. I gotta go for it. <laughs> but when he sees uh, Dean and uh, Castiel show up, he says, this isn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this. So Castiel has broken prophecy, yeah. which I find extremely interesting for reasons I wish we could talk about right now. Like, I think Castiel's arc from this point on is, is really fascinating, but we're not going to really see him for the rest of this episode yeah. because it's not about him. Um, there's a moment here. Did you catch this moment? Uh, they basically tell Dean to go, 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 go see Sam. Um, so I guess Dean drives. To yeah. The they had to get the info gets, about where Sam was from Chuck yeah, because Chuck being the prophet would know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dean leaves and the angels are coming and we see this like, like that same kind of effects that we've seen before where like the light is shining mm-hmm. and like the rat- windows rattling. Castiel says like, I'll, I'll, f- I'll fight them all off. Don't worry about it. And, um, there's a scene where 
Chuck and Castiel are facing away from the camera and there's like this light coming from the other side. So you see like their silhouette and Chuck like reaches up and like touches Castiel's arm as if to like get some comfort. And Castiel is like, excuse yeah, me. He just looks over at him. And Chuck <laughs> Don't you fucking touch me, motherfucker. <laughs> Chuck just really wants some human <laughs> comfort. <laughs> I really want to know how much of that is scripted. Yeah. Right? Like I really want to know, like it was that like an actual thing or not? It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, now it's back to, uh, back to the nunnery, <laughs> the convent, back to the nunnery. Um, yeah, Dean rolls up. Luckily he gets there in like five minutes. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, Ruby sees him and slams the door. She shut. smiles at him so and slams he- the door shut. She's like, ha ha, you're too late. It doesn't matter kind of cementing finally that like i mean like i feel like we all knew we all right knew. like i don't feel like yeah. this is a, a betrayal at ruby like it just feels like ruby's finally showing her true colors like it's not she's not betraying anything here like he we've all suspected this dude was yeah. dirty this chick was there dirty. was you know there were times when they may have led us to be- try to lead us to believe other things um but here is just like yep there's no um there's no getting around it anymore like she's in on this as much as everybody it's not even if Ruby still just wanted Lilith dead, we now have to know that, like, she's aware of what Sam's going to do. Mm-hmm. It's not like Ruby is, like, this rogue agent, like they pitched her in, in uh, Season 3. It's so weird to think, like, how long Ruby's been around. Like, Ruby gave them the knife. Ruby helped them get the cult back at some point. Um, like she, she helped kill the she helped them kill the seven deadly sins. She helped I just them kill remind, the seven deadly sins. She <laughs> I just want to remind how ridiculous about how ridiculous she tried show to in help three. stopping Dean from going to hell. Like they were all in that big battle yeah. together. Like that was some. She's been around for a while and she's done a lot, but mm-hmm. all along, of course, she hasn't been on the side of good. And just that that look back at. Dean, this is the second time we've seen her smirk like that when when Sam was on the phone, and now looking back at Dean, being like, "Gotcha, motherfucker!" Like, remember that time that we fought in Bobby's basement? Doesn't matter, I won. Mm-hmm. It's just been all all leading to to that, and then here we have our final showdown. So Sam rolls up to Lilith, and um, basically she like holds her up with his psychic powers, so. Throughout the end of this, she is kind of arm splayed against this altar that we saw, like, the dead nun on earlier. Um, and Sam hesitates, right? Like, he kind of hears Dean screaming for him, and he kind of hesitates. And Yeah, this is the this uh, scene is so good. It's He just toss, so he tosses funny. Lilith like it's nothing. After everything we've yeah, seen this like, season, he just fucks her up. And she slams into this, like, stone altar, and she's laying there saying, give me your best shot. Let me see what you're made of. And then everything slows down. It goes into that kind of like heartbeat slow-mo and you can hear Sam's heart beating. You can hear like literally the demon blood coursing through his veins. This disease <laughs> pumping through my veins. It's <laughs> pumping through my hashtag veins. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't ever rip it out or hashtag scrub it clean. <laughs> and he, it's like, it just zones in. And I, I'm... Drawing parallels every single place that we can, because season three ended with Dean screaming Sam, echoey and far Mm -hmm. away, and now season four, we're right at the end, and we hear Dean screaming Sam, echoey and far away. It's like, it's like when you get that blood rush, and your your blood is pumping in your ears, and you can hear your heart beating, like, when when your blood pressure's too high, or whatever it is, um, and it's just that boom, 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 like, you can't hear anything else. 
this is Sam in in the, just the haze. It's like he's totally he's on drugs. Like he, he does he can't even comprehend what's what's going on around him. But somewhere in that like echoey distant psyche part, like he's picking up on Dean yelling his name, and that's when he half turns around to find like the the final chance to pull him free of this. He turns around to be like, wait, is my brother here? And then all he sees is Ruby screaming, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? Do it. Like, kill her. And he's not able to to resist. It's almost like killing Lilith is, like, going to be his next high. Like, that's what's going to feel the best. And, and let's not forget that um, when he hesitates, she goads him. Oh, yeah, she, she says, laughs are you at serious? Him. Yeah, you, you have... You have made yourself into a monster and now that you're here you refuse to you refuse to buy it i'm sorry that's just adorable and and the actress really really sells this like she's goading him into it because she knows that if when she dies her master her father will be free like she's goading him into it and she uses the two words that he hates the most she says you turned yourself into a freak a monster like freak and monster are his two or his two words and she uses two trigger words it's it's two fucking trigger words absolutely it's it's really and then once he decides to do it i really like the way that they film this so we've seen him exercise demons before we've seen him kill demons before um but she does like this kind of full body like spasm thing and she like the way they film it it's like one two three and then she kind of stops and she got yeah. catching her breath a little, and then, and then bam, 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 like it goes right back into it. Like it's it's really uh, like evocative mm-hmm. and, and like kind of like you're. I, I was like, she's a demon, right? And I was like, oh shit, I hope that chicken's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like I hope she's all right. Mm-hmm. Also, her so her final um, words are, um, "You turned yourself into a freak, a monster, and now you're not going to bite." I'm sorry, but that is honestly adorable. Honestly, adorable. I love it. And then Sam just um, steps forward, and his eyes turn black. Goes full demon eyes, and uh, am I supposed? Like- I'm sorry. Am I supposed to go dark side or something? <laughs> Are you supposed to go dark side? Are you supposed to go hashtag dark side or something? <laughs> also, can we talk about the fact that reminding of that scene again and the phone call, the, the voicemail that got changed? That when John Winchester, right before he died, whispered into Dean's ear, "If you can't save him, then you have to kill him." He just told Dean to kill Sam. Really? I mean, I know. Yep. I know that, like, it all kind of makes sense that that would stop the apocalypse, but what the fuck, John? Really? What the fuck? To think, I wonder how much of this shit John Winchester was supposed to have known. Of course, the writers hadn't had it figured out yet, so he couldn't have known. But knowing that Mm -hmm. Yellow Eyes had something real bad planned, you know, he couldn't quite figure out what. Obviously, he never factored in angels, but he knew that, that Sam was the key to something real bad. It's man this is sam going fucking demon eyes right like we've they've played with that visual with dean once before mm-hmm. uh when dean was in, trapped in that nightmare world with that dude named jeremy um and he's like had to like basically argue with himself and then just punch himself in the face yeah. for a while which seems very like a very dean thing to do for sure um but him actually like sam physically getting the black eyes like seeing because like think about what we know up to this point about demons right like we know the first demon was Lilith. We know that Lucifer corrupted a human, mm-hmm. Lilith. He corrupted God's creation to show God that it could be done, which got him kicked out of heaven, which made him fall in the first place. We know that we, the actual humans, like Ruby used to be a human, like you, like you mentioned. It, we've seen that corruption happen, and it turns them into actual demons over time. 
seeing that seeing Sam go through that is fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like seeing those eyes flash the way they do is just so goddamn depressing. And it it kind of comes out. No, it doesn't come out of nowhere. But I remember the first time seeing that, being genuinely shocked. Because of course Same, he's yeah. drinking demon blood. Of course he's being bad, and he's driving himself into this this corner. But you don't you don't think that they're going to go that far with it. Like he goes full Darth Vader, and he's just that's the thing. That's like at the beginning of the season. They fought the seven deadly sins. They fought like these mm-hmm. representations of human sin and like corruption and evil. And now is Sam that? Like mm-hmm. he just turned into a goddamn demon. Um. So he kills Lilith. He he does this. He kills Lilith. He goes he goes full hashtag dark side. He goes full dark side, um, and then he kind of freaks out a little bit because we see her blood drip out onto the floor, and it starts moving by itself. And he's kind of freaked out. And then Ruby gets extremely excited. And I've really. It's a little goofy. Like the delivery on this is a little goofy, but I really think that it works. Like Ruby is so goddamn excited. She's like, I can't believe you did it. I can't believe I, I was really worried there. Nobody knew. Not even Azazel knew what I was doing. I was I was specifically doing it for Lucifer and and, and Lilith. I, 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 you did it. You finally did it. And um, she has a great line delivery that I might actually spend the time to, to cut in when she says, um, You didn't need the feather to fly. You had it in you the whole time, Dumbo. Yeah. Like, and the delivery on that is so fucking good. She really, like, it's I just, hate those lines, but I honestly, that delivery actually works very well for me. Because she sounds yeah. almost sad. Or, like, I don't know if sad, but, like, it's like, it's like not a... They've been like in this weird like entanglement the entire time, but it's only like a mother, almost like a mother talking to her son. Like you had it in you the whole time, Sammy. Like you did it. Like it was all, it was always you. Um, but Sam is in utter disbelief as she's spilling the truth to him. Like he, he cannot like, even though we've all been, he can't even comprehend. We've all been seeing this the whole time, but you realize now, like Sam had his doubts at the end, but he really did trust Ruby. He really believed that they were doing the right thing. Um, and she, yeah, like you said, she's saying she was the best and the most loyal. Like, only Lilith knew that she was actually trying to help them. All of the other demons that they fought and killed this whole time had no idea, but she didn't care. It was all about bringing Lucifer. I mean, the episode's called Lucifer Rising. Um, mm-hmm. Sam immediately tries to psychic attack her, and he can't do it. He's completely cooked. She he blew his payload on the on the boss or whatever she says. He's like, oh okay. <laughs> she says payload. You blew your payload because you can't say blow your load, yeah. right? Like that's why we yeah. have to say persuader. But yeah, <laughs> he blew his payload on the fi- on the on the boss or whatever. Like really weird video gamey thing. Like I can kind of get behind your your stance on demons making pop culture references and like I just imagine like in 2018 and season 14 uh like a demon is just going to be nothing but like Overwatch shit <laughs> right like it's just going to be like a demon is definitely going to say it's going to call one of the brothers a Hanzo man yeah. in Supernatural season well, 14 I guarantee that they that's always say happen. gank they're going to gank somebody and I'm sure that that's a real word but I had only ever heard about it from like PVP in like World of Warcraft and the Dark Souls and stuff I was like is that a word that yeah yeah like actually used? I learned it in Dark Souls <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that was it so it's really weird to hear that when they say that. But Sam, it's if suddenly the whole world has become clear to him, says the blood, you poisoned me. And that's when the line about Dumbo, you had it in you all along. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she says it wasn't the blood, it was you and your choices that got you here. Not the blood. Every single time I set you up and you chose to do this. Every single Fuck, time. Dude. 
and it's it's so fucking good. It's it's again, it's not a betrayal, right? Like this is who we suspected Ruby mm-hmm. to be from the very beginning. But it's 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 a culmination. It's Sam realizing what he has been doing. It's Sam realizing like, oh wait, they were actually like I should have listened to Dean. I, like I wasn't doing this to save the world. I was doing this to end it. Like I'm, I am the one responsible. And at some point, she does tell him that Lilith was the final seal. Yeah. Like he, he realizes all of that. Like she, she, you know, expositions that at him. Um, it's this time where Dean breaks through the locked she, door. Well, he with, says like, the last statue. thing that he says is, "Why me?" And she says, "It had to be yeah. you, Sammy. It had to be you. It always had." And to be his you. entire which we're not world even, breaks. We're not even going to know why until season five. We don't even know why. <laughs> we gotta wait. Why did it have to be Sam? But <laughs> we he, gotta wait. His world, both literally with Lucifer rising and the apocalypse about to go down. Uh, and figuratively, everything he believed, everything just broke for Sam. He's just everything he believed is gone, uh, and that's that's a that's a dark place to be in. It's a it's a very dark place to be in. It's man, poor Sam. Like I will give I will give I will give you that Sam has been emotionally abused, emotionally manipulated. I think he has to own his own actions here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has responsibility for what he has done. However, him realizing the full extent of his mistakes in this episode kind of makes up for all of those mistakes that he made. Like, this journey, and over the last few episodes specifically, I've been kind of harsh on Sam. And I think very, very strongly, like, him realizing this, this culmination, this 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 climax is like makes all of that worth it, right? Like it makes all of those terrible decisions. It makes watching this, the show so fucking That's good. what I was like, saying. I think last episode, how much payoff we get here. And I just, it's yeah. so sad that literally everything that Dean has been saying to him for 22 episodes just got through to him right then. It was just a second too late. Yep. And it makes you want to like wring your hands and, and scream at Sam, but it's like, here he is. He finally gets it. It's just too fucking late. You had to have it spelled out for him. Um, and I, I was joking about Hamlet, but in a lot of ways, Sam is almost like a Hamlet figure, like like the tragic hero, the dramatic irony, like, we all know what he's doing is wrong. He's doing this in the pursuit mm-hmm. of what he thinks is justice, or like, bettering something, but really he's just fucking everything up around him. Uh, totally blinded by his own, I guess, desire to, to, to help. Um... But I do have to say, so I was try- I've was been thinking a lot, like, why did I relate to Sam so much just as a character in the show? Like, looking back, why was I so sympathetic with him going through this? The first, again, I was younger when I was watching this. I was a teenager. So mm-hmm. I was a lot more vulnerable in, in a lot of ways, or a lot more, like, emotionally open to just fuck-ups like this. But I think that that is really part of it is we, uh, we often see heroes, like, tangle with, like, darkness you know like they're always fighting off of like that that bad urge inside them they're always tangling with the dark power or something like that but i feel like most of the time heroes overcome it in the end they're able to be stronger mm-hmm. than whatever it is um i mean star wars references are easy like anakin skywalker becomes darth vader he's the one who, who fails and he becomes the villain um spoiler <laughs> but like luke skywalker <laughs> is able to overcome that in, in you know the original trilogy and he becomes the good guy but he tangled with that darkness and he came out on the other side he never he never fell prey to it fully sam winchester is not that he's he tangled with the dark side and he lost he totally succumbed to his darkness he failed he mm-hmm. like he did everything wrong and i think that that in itself was relatable for me and I probably for other people, not the hero who's able to in the end overcome it. It's the hero that can't. 
like he has to fail and succumb to the darkness before he can ever start rebuilding and get over it. Um, and there is, it's, that's obviously sad and it's a huge bummer. Um, but there's something like kind of truthful in that. Like not everything always mm-hmm. works out very well. Um, and despite everybody else trying to stop him from, from fucking it up, he fucks it up anyway, which doesn't make him a good hero, but it makes him in some small ways relatable. Um, I think I, I, I feel like maybe I was just like, like my fuck ups in life was like screwing up at school or like, you know, being mean to people and like ruining relationships where Sam kind of like started the apocalypse, which is bad. Um, so his is definitely worse than mine. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> It's a little bad. <laughs> this is a little worse than mine it's, it's was. A, a little bad. It's a, it's a little bad. I think it's um it's easy to look at a character like Sam, especially like the arc that he goes on through. He goes through on season three and four specifically, especially if you're a younger guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy to see like a lot of yourself because when you're a teenager or when you're um dealing with a lot of emotional bullshit, which is like being a teenager yeah, that's all yeah. you do is deal with the measurable bullshit <laughs> it's really like you can you can identify like you can look at sam and see like this dude is literally having this this whole thing mm-hmm. that i'm having and even me who was 47 years old when <laughs> the show came out um like going through this at the time in 2009 when i was I had actually aged rapidly into 67 years old <laughs> um like w- like watching sam deal with this like there is a there is a kind of a like because i had the same thing like i actually like Going into this podcast, if I if you just asked me like, what do you think about Sam? I'd been like, man, like psychic power Sam is cool, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I thought that was dope, yeah. right? Like, but watching this and watching the arc that it goes on, it, it kind of changed that opinion quite a bit. I, I think it's definitely okay to identify with Sam going through this stuff, especially because they they earn it. Like they put him through the mm-hmm. ringer and they pull him out the other side. Like we haven't seen that yet. Like. Sam is going to go through a lot more drama. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers, everybody. Spoilers, listeners. <laughs> We're going to show's going to keep going, and uh, they're not done with Sam yet. Um, but they're like they earn this moment, and I, I really, really enjoy this moment. Dean breaks in. Um, Ruby says, "Oh yeah, I forgot him, the episode's uh, not over yet." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we still have a couple minutes left. Uh, Dean breaks in. Ruby says to him, "You're too late," and he says, "I don't care." Pulls the knife and like kind of runs at her. And she's about to react when Sam grabs her from behind and Dean stabs her in the stomach um, and killing her. Like, and it does the, the whole light mm-hmm. flashing thing. Um, and just like that. So Ruby's dead. Ruby. She was the, but two seasons she made it. Two seasons. Um, two which is pretty good for a chick on Supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's good because Sam helped, right? Yeah. And then he immediately like looks at, at Dean and he's, he can tell he's just like a broken person. And he's like, I, I'm so sorry. And this was the sorry that you were, you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to get the two sorries. Cass, Cass's apology wasn't good enough because he could still do something. This thing hits you right in the gut because it it's, it's a broken person. Like we've talked a lot about this allegory for demon blood being an addiction thing. And like, I feel like this is rock bottom. Like yeah. letting Lucifer loose is your rock bottom. That's a pretty sign- That's going to, that's really going to wow him at the, at the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Say, um, like you're really, you're going to, you're going to make everyone there feel like their own life. Isn't that, isn't that bad? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. but like they, they earn this mm-hmm. a, to a, a, just an extravagant degree. Like that everything has been leading up to this moment. As you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast of like w- everything that we've been dealing with, it, culminates it finishes here and then something new starts right Mm -hmm. so while all of this has been happening we keep getting shots of this blood moving and it's 
we see it finally starting to form into kind of a shape and a circle with these weird lines. And like we start seeing light come out and we see like the ground starts trembling and Dean and, and Sam grab onto each other for, for comfort. I just like to say that Dean says I like, like that Dean grabs Sam first because you're like, oh, he, yeah, he immediately yeah, yeah. rolls back into the protective older brother role. He like, can't even help himself. And he says like, Sammy, let's go. And, and Sammy looks, Sam looks extremely scared. I don't feel comfortable calling Sam Sammy, yes. by the way. I just realized that about yes. myself. <laughs> no, we can't do that. My dad does that, but <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, definitely a dad move. Um, um, but like he says, Sammy, let's go. And he says, Dean, he, he's coming. And the show ends. It like, just fades it. into light. We get light. a huge flash of life. Fades into white. We don't normally. We normally see black backgrounds when it fades out, and so now we see a white background with black text. Um, you know, created by Eric Kripke mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's the episode. That's the season. That's the that's, season. That's a hell and, of a. Of a and let's just talk about right? the fact that it's white light, just like the angels. And we've obviously discussed mm-hmm. Lucifer, but like he's this isn't a demonic thing. This is white angelic light. This because Lucifer is very absolute, as they told us over and over again. Lucifer is an angel. Like he he is you know an of that of that entity or whatever you want to call yeah. it um it's and he's coming yeah. <laughs> Lucifer is risen dog what the fuck is gonna happen in season five episode one I have no idea yeah uh so everything was Sam's fault because of the angels yep. and because of the demons mm-hmm. and everything really like they they it all paid off everything that every like a plot thread that they've used except for Adam. Uh, has all paid off so far. <laughs> well, you know, Adam's dead. <laughs> yep. Like, yep. the, uh, it wasn't a golem, what was it? Uh, a ghoul. A ghoul, a ghoul got, got Adam, so yeah, Adam's dead. Um, Ruby's dead. They, Lilith is dead. We have figured out everything that we've ever needed to know about Azazel, the yellow demon, why he was hunting Sam, why he was doing this to begin with. We know all of Sam's deep, dark secrets. Uh, we know, we, we know... That what Dean is destined for, but we kind of distrust that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we kind of because the angels have told us that, and we now we know that the angels are not to be trusted. But we also know that him and and Cass are like super good buds. And again, Castiel just showing that he is just madly in love with Dean Winchester from the very yeah. beginning. And where <laughs> like it just will do anything for this dude that he's met five times in his whole t- his entire they stand so close immortal life. Um, but they where Sam is the victim of fate here. If you want to, it's almost that mm-hmm. I don't want to say that that just like washes him of responsibility because it doesn't, but he's the victim of fate in a lot of ways. He does what was written by Chuck. Like this is what was to be expected. Um, but we also find out that it doesn't always have to be that way. Dean and Castiel, they go off book and they are able to, to pull something off that, that even Chuck couldn't foresee. So while one Winchester was a, was unfortunately he, succumbed to destiny we there is still this this faint flicker that isn't really super present in the finale here but it is there that they were able to defy destiny even though it was it was a little bit too late here that doesn't mean that um there's no hope for the future I love this fucking show. It's, so it's, much. it's a super good show. Have you guys seen it? Because it's good. Because <laughs> it's good. You should go watch it if you haven't. I don't know why you're listening to this, but if you are, and you haven't. You should go watch it. Um, yeah. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta like hang out for like a while. 
right? Like I got to, I got to really think about season four. I'm, I don't think that I'm ready to give my like season four thoughts no, just yet. No. Like we've talked a lot about it. We've spent, I don't know how many hours we've spent probably like a good 20 hours talking about season four so far, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm quite ready to get my, um, my overall like thoughts on it. I just, it's just too new. I've watched the episode like three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still too new. Like have seen it, saw it when it was live in 2009, like still too new. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, <laughs> There's so much stuff to unpack here that it feels like when we do our, our season wrap-up guest episode that it, a lot of it will just be further unpacking, of, especially of this like last episode. And that's, and that's what has generally happened in the past, is in, the, in, our, in our feedback episodes, we usually, we always have a guest, um, and we, we, we spend a lot of time talking, to that, talking to, with that guest about the season that we have covered. So I kind of feel like I'm going to give it a week. I'm probably going to watch all of season four again. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm going to be ready. I just, man, like there's just so much, there's just so much in this episode. I can't, Chris, do you know that we have been recording for two and a half hours on 45 minutes of television? That's something that is, a, that is, this is the, this is the reason why I'm very glad we didn't try to like cram this into like a, a do a three episode oh, yeah. episode last this would week. Have been like a yeah, disaster. Yeah, we, it would have been a four hour podcast. <laughs> It would be like a seventeen-hour podcast. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess we can leave it there. Um, do you do you have any final like wrap-up thoughts before we before we just do admin and get the fuck out? I of have here? many more thoughts, or, but or, I think that we'll save them for the uh, for next episode. Okay, so listeners out there, uh, we mentioned we're doing a feedback episode. Now is your is your is your time to shine. You have until uh, I think it's the twenty first. Is that Monday? Mm-hmm. Let me let me go look. It is. Uh, you have until the 21st to um, send in your feedback, monsteroftheweek.cool slash contact. That that link also has all of our social media networks. So if you want to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr or Instagram or do we have any other ones that we, I don't know. I think I that's like it, that's right? All of them. That should be all. Yeah. Um, whatever service you would like to, to hit us up on, go hit us up on. We will, we will read it on air. Um, we've already gotten a bunch of questions and a bunch of prompts to talk about. Um, I'm pretty comfortable in announcing that my friend Dylan is going to be on the podcast. He does a, a podcast called The Horrible Podcast, where him and his three buds do um, horror movies. And he's a very cool dude. He's been watching along with the series. He's been watching along with the show. And uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to, to get him on to talk oh, about yeah. some season four. So we're, that's going to be extremely exciting. That'll be next Thursday. Like I said, this Monday, the coming Monday. If you're listening to this on Thursday when it comes out, you have this weekend to form <laughs> a complete question in your mind and send it to us. Um, what other kind of admin stuff do we want to do, Chris? Um, iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews are very important. Rate, rate. Mm-hmm. The reason so we didn't get any of this. You week. didn't get. I got any. that email today. We didn't get any any this week, listeners. That makes me sad. Go, go go review us from a different from a different area. Go create an iTunes account in New Zealand and review <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what iTunes do's re- reviews do, but like everybody's saying how important they are all the time, and like I believe them, mm-hmm. and it fills my heart with joy. So Same. that's that's really all I know. That's that's the important thing is trying to fill Chris's heart with joy. Like that's yeah. that's really all I want you guys to yeah. do is fill Chris's heart with joy. You should know, like um, anybody who's relating and, to Sam and, Winchester, and yeah, and, and <laughs> anyone who relates to Sam Winchester as much as I do probably needs a little bit more joy. Just saying, you guys. Just yeah, he's he's in a dark place. <laughs> he has gone dark side or something. I'm about to go dark side um, or something. I'm glad I got to actively use that quote again. I, I don't think we're going to stop ever. Like, I think that's going to be your, like your phrase for for the rest of time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's my Twitter bio. Um, so. let, 
let's end this podcast. Okay. Uh, this has been Monster of the Week. I've been Jeremy Greer. You can find me at JJ Greer on Twitter. This has also been Chris. Hi. Chris, where can people find you on Twitter? Hi, my name is Chris, and you can find me on Twitter at Local Bones. I love that. I love the Local Bones. Um, we both do other podcasts. You can find uh, my stuff if you like this show. I do a similar show that's not really the same uh, on the Duck Feed Network for the X-Men animated series. Chris does an extraordinarily funny podcast on uh, video games with him and three of his buds, and it, it, you should definitely go listen to it if you like Chris's unique brand of humor. Um, I don't know why I said unique. That makes it sound I weird. I am the unique Sorry, underscore Chris. gamer. So. You are unique gamer. <laughs> I had forgotten. Uh, go listen to those podcasts. They're all very, very good. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Go right into your responses in the meantime. Do Bye. it. Bye. Hello. Hello. I'm okay. Well, I guess the, the, as previously stated in our um, our direct messages, it's your Discord app. Uh, on our, yeah, as you, DMs might you might refer to them as. Uh, I'm, a little, yes. <laughs> I'm a little bit tangled up right now. Are you are you okay? Yeah, there's just a lot of vines in my uh, podcasting room. Excuse uh, me. And I'm just I'm just a little wrapped up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have. Like, there's a lot of um, seven-second yeah, like, videos in your podcasting room? Uh, just, you know, like like vines, like tendrils. Like, uh, like, leafy, the, twi- like the Twitter video service, vines. Leafy appendages. <laughs> leafy, uh, are you, is this a weed thing? Chris, are you, on, uh, are, you on, are you on, Chris, are you on weed right now? No. Tell I'm, me that you're on weed, Chris. Tell me. No, I'm on, I'm on vine. <laughs> you're on vine? <laughs> I'm bringing vine back. I, I didn't know you were hardcore. I am my my headphones and my podcast or my what, what is the wrong what is wrong with you what is happening what's going on I was like literally like like tangled up like my headphones and my my mic cord were just all wrapped around something and my keyboard was like had had a thing around it that doesn't even make a lot of sense because I haven't moved my keyboard uh, and then I turned my computer on and it didn't do anything it said resuming Windows and I said thank thank you so much mm-hmm. I'll be right here let me know when you're done yeah, and it sure. didn't do anything it just stayed that way. For like five minutes, just said resuming Windows. So I said, I said, okay, uh, don't, I don't mean to bother you. Were you planning on uh, resuming, or did I like did I like, do something wrong? Like, did you like like computer? C- computer? Yeah. Can you can, can you Hold do up. something? I, I said I I said comically, and I was like being a little bit serious, but it was also kind of a goof. Chris, I said, Chris is, you can't I said say that you said something on. comically. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. You can't. Well, that implies was, that everybody thought it was funny. Like, well, I was like, doing. <laughs> You had to. If you were there, you would have laughed. I was doing a goof, and I and I tapped my mic. Doing a goof. I was doing a goof, and I tapped my mic. I said, "Is this thing on?" And I didn't get a response. So I said, did, "Okay." Uh, and I restarted my did, computer. Did the computer hear you? I, seemingly not, because because <laughs> it didn't. Laugh. I did. I I did have to restart it. It's Frequently visited. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but this is no, important. No, no, continue, frequently, please. frequently visited websites. Uh, number two is DylanTheGamer.com. <laughs> is that, oh, I forgot about DylanTheGamer.com. I was like, <laughs> I forget what number I was, but I was definitely a number when I looked at it on my phone. Uh, let's see what I am right now. Come on, Dylan.
My guy. God. Dylan's <laughs> web host is really slow. Maybe he should think about I love- this too. <laughs> Amazon. I love that it's like... <laughs> This dude's website is just. First of all, it says re- enjoy, relax, game, and I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, amen, brother. Also, no spaces after those commas, which, as as a no. person that like reads and writes English, I am very offended by. So I love. So I feel like I. This is. I just did this on Chomp Chain, and now I'm doing the, these bits again because yeah, he's yeah. he's got his website set up, and this poor kid, he just was like, I want to set up a YouTube. He's probably like a little kid. And, like, his dad set this up for him to be nice. Um, sure. His dad he, is a professional web dude. He's like, got a, a full-screen video <laughs> in the background of that webpage. <laughs> yes. Like, his, his dad has some chops. He, his, his dad knows Ajax. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, has some fucking JavaScript. For sure. We, yeah, yeah. We've got our home tab, our contacts tab, our videos tab, pictures tab, schedule tab. Uh, and then this one is my favorite behind the scenes slash bloopers because he's he knows Ooh. there's going to be some goofs. You know, <laughs> there's going to be some goofs. He realizes that to capture an audience, you have to make them laugh. That's right. That is the most important thing in capturing an audience. I think he's like, hey guys, serious gameplay here from serious Dylan the gamer. But yeah, just FYI, just we've- so you know, it's not all serious around here with Dylan. Sometimes Dylan makes a goof. Sometimes we do goofs here at Dylan the gamer, and he keeps saying we, even though it's just him. I fall into that trap a lot. I, I say we a lot when I just mean me. Like it, it, it's specifically with um, "Don't Give Up Skeleton." Like I, I tweet sometimes, and I'm like, "We're going to be releasing an episode next week, everybody." And I'm like, "Well, no, me. I get that. It's just, it's just me. It's just, I get it's literally though. just me. There's no staff at Don't Give Up Skeleton. But you're releasing it as it's like an entity. It's not like it's it." It's an intellectual property. It's not just you, Jeremy, because then you'd be just fucking tweeting it from your regular Twitter. What's the point of having a whole thing? So that makes sense. Doing the gamer, however, is just. <laughs> I want to back up. I want to back up to your question real quick. Sure, when you said, sure. uh, "What is the point of having a whole thing?" Yeah. Also, I, I do not know the answer to that. I don't think that there is one. <laughs> just, there is no point to having a whole thing. Like it's I don't true. Even, like in whatever way that you want to interpret that to be. Are you under some sort of uh, threat right now? I am not under duress. Thank blink, you for asking. That. Blink really three times it. if it's a murderer. <laughs> this podcast would be super fucking weird if we did it with video. <laughs> it would be the most bizarre thing it would if we be did very it with strange. video. <laughs> you would be like, Chris, hey, quick question. Um... First of all, what's up with all those vines? Do you need like a? <laughs> what are you? Why are you podcasting from the garden? <laughs> Second of all, are, are, is that a ruined temple you're you're podcasting from? Second of all, what's why, up with all those amiibos? <laughs> why why are you in an Arch- Uncharted Five, Chris? What are you What are you doing? Hey, Chris. Quick question: Is the reason your internet sucks so bad because you're in a uh, Mayan temple? <laughs> Are you are you connected to the internet via a green weed? <laughs> like is that is that the way that you get your internet? Did you my, did a did a weed grow in your computer and give you internet access? My Ethernet cables so are are very leafy, that's all I'll say. I'm in a while you're typing all that up, I'm in my new podcast studio Ooh. slash second guest bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a combination of things. It's really cozy in here. Like it's it's dark. I like being cozy. And yeah, it's 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 super dark because we have these blackout curtains that we bought. So no no sunlight is getting up in this piece. You know what I'm saying? Very good. Very good. And it's I think I mentioned that it was dark. It's it's cold. Like it's mm. it's just really cold. Mm-hmm. 
I have I've got all of I got all the lights off except for this like mood lamp. See, boy, I I feel like we're totally just in different playing fields here. I'm in I'm in a room that it's about the size of an interrogation room with one, just the one single kind of faded fluorescent lamp. Also like a confession room or a interrogation room. Uh, is Jack Bauer there? Why do you keep calling it an interrogation room? Because I fe- I just it feels like that. <laughs> is Kiefer, a little bit. Is Kiefer there? Is he um, there? Kiefer, yes. Um, blink three times if Kiefer is giving you the finger right now. Yeah, that's a, that's, I think that's an excellent way to. Talk about <laughs> he's not. He's <laughs> not. He's not pointing a gun at me or anything. He's just giving <laughs> me the just finger, <laughs> shaking right. his head. Fucking geek. <laughs> Fucking amiibos all over this motherfucker. If I didn't have to save the goddamn United States of America right now, I would break these amiibos off and make. He's looking at. Like he's looking at my fucking Griffin McElroy. <laughs> he's looking at my Fire Emblem amiibos right now and looking. He's, <laughs> and he's looking. At, he's no, looking at this package. No, he's, he's not. He's definitely not. No, he's holding it and he's, and he's looking at me and he's like, "You didn't even fucking open it. What's the point?" And I'm like, "Keeper, what is you know, this? Some some, some two star bronze Corin bullshit. Like, Get this you away from me, sir. <laughs> Keeper, please." Keeper, please. <laughs> Try to explain something to somebody who just could not Try be to, fucking bothered. Can you imagine trying to explain the concept of amiibo? Like, just saying the word amiibo to Kiefer Sutherland would be... No, Kiefer. Maybe the hot... Kiefer? Mr. Sutherland, please. They're, no, they're called amiibos. Amiibos. Amiibo. No, it's it yeah. spelled with uh, two eyes. No, it's not... Kiefer, it's not Spanish. I don't know why you're doing it with the accent. That's weird. It's Amiibos. <laughs> Oh, he would totally to keep calling them. So you, you're little amigos here, your little friends. All right, your little amigos. Yeah, yeah, I got this. Keeper, <laughs> look at that. Look at that little fat guy. He looks like Mario, but not. Keeper, please. <laughs> Keeper, please. You're not even trying to listen. Keeper, 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 Keeper. Can I call you Keef? Is it okay if I call you Keef? Keeper, Keep. My guy. Why did you charge so much money for the voice acting in Metal Gear Solid Five? It just—it kind of took the whole game down a notch, Keith. Keith, you need to just kind of give that up for when when fucking Hideo Kojima calls you and taps you for a project. You just kind of give that shit in. You give it. You're gonna make some art. You gonna make art off of that? It's art. (laughs) You gonna be doing that? You can talk about some fucking uh, people burgers or whatever the hell was going on in that game. In Animal machine, weird. It's always nano machines. Okay, let's read this, this this thing. Have we have we have we talked about Metal Gear Solid Five lately? I don't think so. It's a pretty solid that's game. A, that's that's a weird game, right? It's a very weird game. Would you say it's your favorite Metal Gear Solid game? It's the best one to play, but no, it's not my favorite. But it's not. What, what is your favorite? Twin Snakes? Oh, no, I like what? No, I like three. <laughs> In like four years, uh, Morbid Beard is going to listen to this, and he's going to hear that, and he's going to laugh. That that joke was specifically targeted towards Josh, <laughs> but I don't think he actually listens to this podcast. So we'll find out. Um, no, I uh, three is my favorite. Three was the first one that I played on my own that wasn't at a friend's house, and I was like, man, the Cold War was a fascinating backdrop for this. Meanwhile, I'm fucking fifteen. <laughs> Communism, right, guys? Wow. Oh! Because well, age or, year, or freshman year of high school—that's when I, I was a freshman in high school. This is when I learned about the Cold War and all that shit. And mm-hmm. it was the same time that I was playing this game, and I was like, "Wow, learning can be fun." Learning can be. Fun. Did you really think Metal Gear Solid Three was an edutainment game? Is that what yeah. you were? For, no, yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> that's a re- that's Chris. There's that it's, lightning wait, wait, guy wait, 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 wait. who says the- Japanese words and shoots uh-huh. bullets out of his body. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. That that happened. <laughs> Is three the one with the bait and switch where they thought that you were going to play? They, they made you think you were going to play a snake, and then you played as um. No, that's uh, not snake. That's the whole two. game. No, three that's is the one where you play as big boss. And other than the fact that it technically is like the beginning of the story, it's separate from everything because it's the first thing to happen. Um, so having not played the other ones on my own, like mm-hmm. I could just play the third one and be like, oh okay. So it's just this dude who just got. He got wrapped up in a mission that he... They, they're using him as a puppet. And... Which is, you know, that's standard Metal Gear. And then at the end, he realizes that he was a puppet. And he's like, oh, I'm mad now. Okay. Mm. Oh, that sucked. Oh, I get it. What would your Metal Gear Solid podcast be titled? Like, if... If you were gonna do it right, like if you were gonna if you were gonna launch a middle, well, your friend podcast. your friend Trey said Revolver talks a lot was his, like Revolver Ocelot. That's a really good name because it's because yes. his last name is Ocelot, right? Like that's a that's it's a Revolver Ocelot. His name uh, is fuck. What is Ocelot's name? I don't think I ha- I don't know if he has a real name. Um, I don't I don't know if he has a real name. Is the most Metal Gear Solid yeah. fucking thing I could ever he imagine says, somebody say. He says his name is Adam, but I think that's his code name. Um and oh his his name in the Middle East is Shalashaska. Uh yeah, I do I did know that. I did know that. I use that um I don't know if you know this. I really like Metal Gear Solid 5. Like it's, it's a killer it's, game. It's so much it's fun. One, it's it's one of my favorite games. I think it is maybe the best emblem creator of all time. That's for sure. If you go if you go to my YouTube channel. Like literally, if you go to my YouTube channel right now and you watch a video, it has a little watermark in the YouTube. bottom right hand corner. .com yeah. slash Jeremy the not gamer. ECEC is what you're going for. Yeah, <laughs> It's not Jeremy the Gamer? Not Jeremy the I Gamer. I knew it so. wasn't Jeremy the Gamer. Again, just doing a goof, but I typed it in. Go <laughs> 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 save myself the fucking effort. <laughs> yeah, give me... Okay. Literally in the bottom corner of every one of my videos is a little watermark, and I made it with the Metal Gear Solid Five Emblem Creator, because that's what I like to do in that game, is to wake up every morning. I did this for... I don't think me and you were friends back then. Like, I don't think we knew one another when that game no. was out. Maybe I I'm wrong. I so. And we, there may have been a, uh, a, a we Twitter we follow we, or two, but we were we weren't close. Yeah, Can we say that like yeah. you weren't you weren't looking at my tweet like you weren't ex- you like now. Yeah, I, I still thought that every, you were. I still thought you were my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you thought that I was like a, just a young gamer. You thought I was a young gamer. You didn't know that <laughs> I was an old underscore gamer. gamer. <laughs> young underscore gamer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember like I did I just assumed like everybody was roughly around my age um because I, I had no other reason to mm. to not think that. Um and then I found mm. out that we like me and the Chomp Chain fellows were like way younger than everybody else. Yeah, you guys are you guys are super young. Wait, wait. What? I don't wait. want to change the subject or anything. But if you were related to a mailman, do you mm-hmm. get to mail stuff for free? Is that how that works? I don't think so. I think you still have to buy stamps. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you're so the the implication that you made was that I just give this to my dad and he just takes it to where well, I just figured because mailman. I didn't know if not you, true. Whatever, like weird, what um, like the postage you would need or anything. I just sure. figured like he he's like he's got thirty five years of knowledge. Like he should be able to handle this no sweat. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I found it, and then well, but that was like Chris, I, I just I just want you I just want you to know that most adults can mail stuff no yeah. sweat without thirty five years of experience. Well, doing I'm so. not most adults, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, are you? An adult? Most adults get haircuts. <laughs>
are you a minor? <laughs> so I want to do a podcast okay. with a minor. <laughs> Here's the thing. Define uh, define minor. <laughs> define minor. Are you able to buy liquor at a, at a like a normal store? Like again, like a normal it, store. <laughs> if you went to Albertsons and said, "Give me a six pack of your hardest beer," would they give it to you? <laughs> <laughs> they yes they would be um i don't understand the question the other day uh, i meant to say this on the last podcast mm-hmm. uh but um the last time we recorded on the way home i stopped at the, the grocery store and bought some stuff and i was walking by uh what number one the the new grocery store like you go in and like immediately like just puts you in the produce section so you like have to walk past all this produce even if you're just a garbage person yeah you got like the, yeah. the frozen bullshit they're really pressing so, you with veggies and you're just trying to have a frozen oh pizza. my god dude like it's just a lot of fucking like it's just a, it's a lot of judgment is mm-hmm. what those fucking like all those different colored bell peppers are like yeah. that's just judgment on I, me like i don't need that in my life yeah like, one color just, max come on I mean, yellow, green, and red. Are we are we fucking serious right now? Like, I'm just confused. What, what do you need this for? <laughs> so I go through the produce section and I see. Uh, I'm gonna say three teens, and okay. I don't mean like Chris Mosier teen. Mm-hmm. I mean like young, like teens. actual teenagers, actual teenagers, three teens, and they're sizing up watermelons. Like, and they are like they are like knocking on the watermelon to see like if it i, I don't know i don't know i don't know what you do to watermelons but they, like this, they want to know if it's like, full of water sure yeah they are they are like actively like they are like doing some watermelon research on this like giant stack of watermelons so like i'm like okay that's weird but i don't care because i'm just here for my frozen fucking chicken i just need to get to the yeah. house so i can record a goddamn podcast <laughs> walk past those motherfuckers grab my chicken on the way back, get distracted by the fried catfish. That's another I didn't know they had that. So oh. maybe I can get a couple of strips of fried catfish. <laughs> Got a little distracted. Back on my mission to, with my fried chicken. Going to go home to record this podcast. Walk past the liquor aisle and think to myself, maybe it'd be nice to have a couple of beers while I record this podcast with Chris. See said teenagers. And Chris, I swear to God, they are in the vodka section. <laughs> and they are trying to choose what vodka that they're going to get. And like... I st- I'm not lying when I say when I'm saying this. You're not going to believe me when I say it. It sounds too ridiculous. <laughs> they are grabbing a bottle and they are turning it upside down, right? And they're putting it up against the watermelon as if to size the bottle of vodka. Oh my to God. The water, like, because <laughs> I don't know if you if you know I don't know if you if you've heard of this thing that the teens do, which is drill a hole in a watermelon and then fill it with vodka and then break open the watermelon and have watermelon flavored vodka, basically. Holy shit! Like, that's that's a thing that people do. And these teenagers were just like in the middle of the store, like sizing it up. Like number one, teens, you can make the hole as big as you want to. Like you don't have to fit in the bottle of vodka. You can you can just you can just make the hole. Like you can eat, you can do it with like a fucking butter knife if you want to. Like I, it doesn't matter. But they were literally turning it upside down and like tapping it against this watermelon as if to like test. Like are these two things compatible? Are they oh going to go God. together? But they like they like miners in there. Well, like literal miners and miners. Um, and no, everybody was just fine with that happening in the store. I mean, I didn't. I didn't stick around again. Podcast beers, sure, sure, um, sure, 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 shitty frozen chicken. That's that was, that was my task, right? Like, this, I, I don't know about you. When I go to a grocery store, I'm not fucking around in the grocery store. No, absolutely not. No, I'm. I'm not looking I'm there, for stuff. I've already I'm not figured browsing. out what I want. 
I'm not browsing. The only the reason I'm at the store is because I have decided I need something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Usually, like fucking around. The only time that anything crazy happens is if I'm walking by something, like you said, and then suddenly Mm. I'm like, "Mm, mm, "Hold on, Mm. hold up, wait a minute, this changes things." (laughs) I am 36. (laughs) Maybe I need a box of cookie crisps. I I love cookies so much. (laughs) As no surprise to anybody, I love cookies. So, uh, I don't know if it's all grocery stores in Massachusetts, but most. I can think of actually one where this is the case, but you can't buy, uh, you can't buy liquor or, or beer at the grocery store here. Why? That's they weird. Just, yeah, they just won't. This doesn't oh, wait, happen. No, I knew that. I knew that because, um, like the one, like I spent like a week in Boston way, 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 mm-hmm. way back when. And, uh, we had like trouble like i was like let's go get some beer and, sh- and the chick that i was with was like yeah that's gonna be harder than you think it is and i'm like but i'm drunk now and i also need more <laughs> so we need to we need to figure this out real quick yeah it's uh um, yeah that was a weird situation if i remember right can't buy them at uh gas stations either oh man chris you gotta you got come down here i can just literally take you through a drive-thru yeah. that will give you a daiquiri yeah i remember my uh my cousin used to always say that when he was like thirteen, he'd be like, "Yeah, we'll just we we'll just go to the gas station to buy beer because nobody cares." I was like, "What?" Did I guess you didn't if you can't like buy beer at a gas station? But like we used to have the ones figured out. Like if we were we were fifteen or sixteen, or like these dudes won't card us. Like, yeah, we can go there buy buy cigarettes. Like because we're cool. We're fifteen years old and we're killing ourselves already. <laughs> yeah. We are dope. I um. I used to be a real stickler about that stuff. Like kids, uh, like would be like, "Hey, uh, can you can you can you go buy me cigarettes in there?" And I'd just be like, "No." <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, meanwhile, I'm like 18, but they're like, "Please." <laughs> I've always wanted. It's never happened, um, but I've always wanted like a kid to approach me and be like, "Hey, can you buy me a pack of cigarettes?" And I'd be like, "Sure, kid, no problem. Give me your cash." And like he'd hand me like a like a twenty seven dollar bill or something because cigarettes are so expensive nowadays. <laughs> but uh, like I would take his money. And I would go in and I would buy a pack of cigarettes and I would walk out and I would open them. Like I would pack them real well uh, just to make sure that they're solidly packed and I would open them and I would just spill them on the floor and then crush them and say, you shouldn't smoke and then walk away. I don't know. <laughs> or just spill them on the floor and go, oh no, and then exit oh, no. start stepping on all of them. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I'm trying to pick them up, but they keep breaking. I'm sorry, kid. Maybe we should call the police and ask them to help. <laughs> I haven't finished writing the goddamn road so far yet. I'm going to have to eat again after this because I got a sandwich from the Mm. store and it tasted like cardboard with filled with paper. So so I did, I did not finish eating it. Why did you buy a cardboard sandwich? I didn't expect it to be made of cardboard. I thought this can't, surely this can't just be for display purposes only. And then I bit into it. And was to my it, chagrin, um, <laughs> it was in fact cardboard. Was was it like a gas station? No, it was, uh, yeah, it was like from just from the supermarket, and it just was really bad. So I just didn't finish eating it. I had no way of knowing, other than the fact that it was just like just a, a from the supermarket deli pre-made and probably been sitting there all day. But I had no way of knowing. I um I used to know a guy. Um, they're out of business now, which will tell you everything you need to know about gas station sandwiches. But, um, he was the food buyer for a gas station sandwich company. 
So basically, these dudes had like an assembly line, um, and they would make sandwiches, and they would seal them up, and they would ship them to gas stations all over Louisiana. Oh. And they were super gross. But the cool thing is that all of the dudes that made the sandwiches had Dreamcast. And I, at that time in my life, I had, like, it was really easy to pirate Dreamcast games, right? Like, you could just download that shit and burn it yeah. with a normal, like, CD burner. And which shit would just play. Like, there was no copyright. Like, there was no, like, protection against mm-hmm. that shit. You could just burn a fucking DVD. So I would go into my friend, I would go have lunch with my friend, and I would walk in the back where all the dudes are, and I'd be like, here's my list of Dreamcast games, and they would like, everybody would like put a number down, right? Like, I want one of these, one of those, one of those. I want like one Power Stone. I want one NBA Live 2001. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like, and I would go go back to my house, and I would spend all night burning them, and then I would bring them back to the place and i would sell them for five dollars each and i would pay my rent that's and incredible <laughs> it was extremely dope and very illegal i definitely shouldn't be admitting this on a podcast but here we are here we are so well that was my story about, yeah that was a good, also the, also their, their sandwiches were really bad you shouldn't eat gas station sandwiches is what i was gonna get around to yeah anyway that was a good goof that you made up just now i'm sorry sega yeah. Sorry, Sonic. I'm sorry, Sonic. I didn't mean to you don't put you to, out of business, you don't Sonic. Need to apologize to Sonic. He knows what he did. I'm so glad we're not in the Sonic fandom. Yo, me too. I don't know. Wait, I say we. Like, are you? Are you Def- a Sonic guy? Or- definitely not a Sonic guy. Sonic underscore gamer. Sonic underscore gamer. Although Sonic Two might have been one of my first games I played. Really? Yeah. You know what's really funny is when I look back at like my childhood and the games that I played. Obviously, I played a lot of licensed stuff, like uh, all the um, like Disney games for the Genesis. I liked those a lot, and I played Mario and stuff on um, NES. Mm-hmm. But I like didn't give a shit until I played Final Fantasy, and I was like eight. So I grew up playing video games, but didn't care. I think I played outside <laughs> like a lot. What do you mean? I don't. Know. I don't understand. Like, I was. was, was I was. I was outdoors. You had a. You had a Nintendo outside. I, I was. It was like running around and shit. What do you mean? Like I don't know what I mean. Was was somebody chasing you? I no. Don't, I, don't get some, it. I mean, sometimes other kids, but like we, you know, like for play. For play. Hmm. Like like EA. Uh, a little bit like, like a little bit like EA. I used to have like the dopest. I am E underscore A underscore gamer. By the way, EA that is, gamer. That is, I, I, I am E underscore A underscore gamer. That's my that's my title. You have to say the underscores though. E underscore A underscore gamer because I don't want you linking to somebody else's profile. Yeah, I don't want you to go to EA gamer because that dude's yeah. an asshole. That guy's not I don't even cool want to talk about me. Um, <laughs> also, he re- he's just domain squad and he hasn't posted anything on that YouTube channel in ages and he won't give it to me. I uh, I made Brian Wade watch the finale that we're covering today last night. Yeah, how did he respond like, to that? He drove for nine and a half hours. He met us at a pizza place. We had some pizza and drank some beers, and I brought him back to the house, and I was like, okay, now it's time to watch Supernatural. <laughs> hey, great to see you. Also, one more thing. <laughs> he he was like, okay, so what do I need to know? And I'm like, okay, first off, let's, let's, let's get this uh, carry, carry on my wayward son thing done. He was like, okay, so we watched that, and he's like, I think I understand everything. I'm like, hold on, let me explain it to you. I, can, <laughs> I have some more detail. He was like, what do I need to know? And you were like, just, I was waiting for you to ask that, and then you just open your laptop and take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
yeah. <laughs> okay, episode number one. Try, try to ignore <laughs> Episode <Steve>. one, pilot. <laughs> <laughs> So we're we're only covering one episode. This is going to be weird. This is going to be weird. There's not going to be any breaks. Should and, only take about 15 um, minutes. It's I mean not a lot happens, honestly. Not a lot happens. I'm well, I'm glad that I heard that, but my my thoughts already were sort of in line with it anyway. Remember last night I texted you and I said, "Don't be mean to Sam." <laughs> you, you did say that. And it was literally and I think I texted you right back. It was literally the exact same time that Sam stuffed a woman into the back of a car i know it's i know what it looks like so he could save her so he could eat her later i just want to i want to be real clear with what he was doing i know what he did all right i'm fully aware let's start this fucking podcast oh wow i'm actually logged into oh it's been a long time since i used my laptop um i'm logged into the monster of the week twitter Mm -hmm. and we got a just like an hour ago um Someone tweeted us and said, I can't wait for Monster of the Week this week to get rid of all of the politics in my head for a little while. Oh, nice. Great. I'm logged into my own ass right now. Yep. Also, Helium Ro- Radio Network followed us. So. Helium Radio Network followed me and Chomp Chain. What's going on, Helium Radio Network? Are you just a big fan of us, or is this a whole uh, marketing thing? Um, Please let me know Helium in the Radio comments Network down was- below. <laughs> Was launched to streamline the internet radio experience and has grown to over four million listeners. First off, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. De- definitely, I don't know what I don't know what what you're looking at, but what you can't you? count. What are you fucking PewDiePie? Like, for example, like if we look at our stats, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have out downloads. Yes, right. That doesn't mean that out people number of people have listened to the show. Yeah. it means that out people have like that's that's. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. You can say, you don't have to keep leaping it out. I don't like, I don't like to brag. (laughs) One people. (laughs) The funny thing about this bit is that I'm definitely going to, uh, every time I say the word, going to bleep out what you say too. And then every time I say the word, this sentence is going to be bleeped out. So people are going to be really confused about this conversation. (laughs) This is going to be really bleeping funny. Helium Radio Network posted a picture Shout of um, uh, who is it? Bean Sean Bean. He was in Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's correct. And it says one does not simply record a podcast. <coughs> and it says it can be more challenging than, than you think, but we can help. Give us a shout when you're ready to get started. Oh. So I'm Monster of the Week, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tweet. Oh God. Hey, Helium Radio Network. Big fans. <laughs> Stop this immediately. Ready Stop to, what you're doing. Ready, ready to get started. Stop this. <laughs> They're going to start tra- trying to charge us money for something. On episode 34 now. I'm going I'm to I'm purposely misspell episode, by the way, so everybody... <laughs> you stop this right now, Jeremy. <laughs> On episode 34 now, can you help? Any advice? I will delete that tweet. <laughs> um, and I'm going to at Barack Obama <laughs> at the end. <laughs> okay, reply. Well. Okay, we'll, well. we'll see what happens. That's, that's going to be a fun one. Oh, this- you, ready to, you ready to do a podcast? Or you I'm so tweet uncomfortable. Barack Obama some more? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm looking to see if you really did it. <laughs> oh my god, you really did it! <laughs> Stop it, Jeremy! Since we have been recording for like 45 minutes, I actually need some more water, so I'll be right back. Ugh. BRB. Jeremy has taken control of the Twitter, and he's tweeting at podcast services. I'm ar- I'm perfectly happy with our podcast service. All right, Jeremy, quit making waves. They're going to be flooding our DMs with with offers about helium or whatever it is that they sell. I ran out of things to say really quickly. Um, it's just been a it's just been a busy it's been a busy day. It's been a busy few minutes, one could say, ever since Jeremy sent that tweet from the Monster of the Week account, saying that we're ready to get started. We're on episode 34. We've been started for a long time. I just don't... What episode are we on? Oh, 33. Okay. Well, you know how it is. Innovation Nation Ball. What? I love that show. Jeremy. Jeremy, you back? Can you hear me? What's up? Innovation Nation followed me on Twitter, and I actually like that show, because um, a woman that Jess is a big fan of is on that television show. And I think that it's probably just a coincidence. However... <laughs> you think it's because I tweeted at the Helium Radio Network? I think that happens? it's... Yeah. No, this woman, um, this woman, Allie Ward, she does a bunch of podcasts. I think I talked about her before. She used to do a podcast with Georgia from My Favorite Murder, but Jess is a big fan of hers, and we've, like, interacted with her several times on the internet, so Jess always gets very excited whenever her name comes up. I don't, I, I don't want to make this, like, a reoccurring thing where we just look at your followers and then make fun of them, I'm okay but, this. Chris, you have someone called uh, Glow of Light, no W. Yeah, that's a real person. That's a real... It- person and she is a self-described final fantasy collector yes correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. there's only 15 final fantasy games you're wrong oh really there's so many <laughs> I, I, i'm like, pretty sure final fantasy 15 came out this year there's and, like 200 I mean, like, of them <laughs> how are there i don't okay are you sure let's start with the tactics series final fantasy tactics final could fantasy you could tactics. you Organize these in order of importance. Um, no, <laughs> that's impossible. There are there like legit are like probably over a hundred Final Fantasy games. I mean, really, Metal Gear Solid Three? That seems like such a weird one to pick. Like, isn't two like the one that's always looked at? Or like, how four? are we back like, to, to talking about Metal Gear? I thought we were talking about Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm just gonna do some weird editing, so this is all gonna sound right. So <laughs> don't worry about it. sure. Sure. What can you do when you follow nothing but 69 porn accounts? This is what happens. Have you seen uh, Eric at Z Chocobo on Twitter? Have you seen his uh, bio? No, what is it? I have to fuck that gin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. I've been uh, I've been claiming that recently that he's a vampire. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, so. I like very, that. very proud of that. Cause he said he couldn't like, Oh, this the concert's in a church or whatever. I said, and, and you, 
a vampire mm-hmm. unable to step on hollow ground. I'm just repeating my own jokes now. We need to start the podcast. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I've been ready. Okay. Chris. Jeremy Graham. I don't know if you know this. I have been waiting for 51 minutes and 30 seconds. This is, we're, we're awful bad guys. We're only going to record for one episode, so we really have to pad this one out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's going to be so much extra hashtag content. Can we just say the word hashtag at random spots now? <laughs> oh, man, I am ready to talk about this hashtag podcast. <laughs> uh, and now we're going to hashtag episode number 34 so, to discuss. Dean and Sam, they've had um, their, their had, they've had their, like, kind of, like, falling out. And Dean says, if you walk out that hashtag door, don't you ever come back. And Sam responds, I'm a whole new level of hashtag freak. <laughs> Dude, we have to stop. We won't, like, well, this will be another half hour. We have to start the podcast. <laughs> I'm just trying to take this hashtag curse and do something hashtag good with it. I can't ever rip it out or hashtag scrub it clean. <laughs> What's uh? What's Castiel's line? I'm the one who gripped you tight and hashtag redemption. Uh, uh, I, I reached out. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <Hashtag> redemption. <laughs> <laughs>